0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.
1: Uh, yeah, you yeah, know, the way it is, all this research comes out and who am I to doubt it? The country is wetter these days, but also brighter. Um, in fact, if you drill into it a bit more, the research says that Ireland has become warmer, wetter and sunnier. The past 30 years. we've gone up in everything. Getting more sunshine, it's getting warmer, but it's also getting wetter. Did you know that if you look at the temperatures, they just released it now, uh, the um, Met Aaron climatology details. The country's climate averages from 1991 to 2020, um, which is nigh on almost 20 years. Our temperature has risen by 0.7 of 1%. The average temperature in Ireland across that period was 9.8 degrees Celsius and baltic 9.8 uh, percent but they do talk about rainfall being up and they talk about sunshine being up and it being slightly warmer nothing like the heat that they're getting uh, across southern europe fire rages as heat waves temperature soars to 46 degrees says the mail this morning in fact they break down the different countries turkey reaching highs of 42 degrees the greeks 36 degrees Funnily enough, the Canary Islands still is a balmy 26 degrees, but they go as far afield as Japan's temperature. The USA, India, obviously Spain and Italy, ridiculous temperatures, China and Greece. Um, you can expect temperatures in places like Sardinia today. Thank you, Claire, for this research this morning. She says that Sardinia is expected to see temperatures of 46 degrees today today. Uh, Central Spain, right in the plain, is expected to reach 47 degrees today. Major wildfires affecting Greece. Uh, From Thursday, the second heatwave will be felt in most areas of Greece uh, and temperatures a minimum of 43 degrees. Cyprus, um, at least 40 or more. Rome, 43 degrees expected tomorrow. And that smashes the Roman record for the city of 40.5 degrees which was set in 2007 so 46 and 47 degrees in the likes of sardinia and in central Spain, away from the coasts. Meanwhile, back here in Ireland, of course, uh, it's a different story entirely weather-wise, but for those that do like to go on a bit of a holiday in Ireland, hotels are causing catastrophic damage to the Irish tourism industry. It couldn't be put any plainer than that. It's a story that makes the mail today irreparable damage to Irish tourism because of how much they charge, particularly on key nights, whether it's a Taylor Swift concert... Or they're honing in on the Europa League final next week where hotel charges are as high as €900 for a night's stay. Just to lay your head. And that's not, you'd be lucky to get the shower for it because you certainly wouldn't be getting the breakfast. It's another interesting one. uh, And of course, every year there's pushback against Puck Fair with regards to alleged cruelty that many people feel towards the Puck Goat. So King Puck now, it's a little story buried away in the mail this morning, um, has has got, well, the actual Puck Fair itself, a drastic overhaul, which will see the famous Puck Goat spend a lot less time up on the top of the perch Um, the goat will no longer stay up on the top of the stand for the three days and three nights. Instead, the puck goat will go up for a brief period after the coronation at the start, then come down and go back up again uh, for another little while on the closing day of the fair because many people felt and were concerned about the goat's welfare. So organisers have confirmed they will now be taking a different approach. I don't know whether they are doing this Happily, um and, you know, that they wish to do it or they feel if they're being forced to make this change. But it's a big change to a festival that dates back to the 1600s. Do you think it's a good idea that the puck will no longer be up at the top on his throne at the top of this massive big scaffolding stand? will only go up for a little while at the start and again at the end. Or do you think that things are gone uh, mad with regards to correctness? Text 0868 104 uh, RTE is losing a million already since the uh, RTE scandals and God knows there's many of them. The reasons being license renewals have plummeted by 30%. There's been an increase in the number of people failing to pay their television license RTE grapples with their rolling financial scandal um, and the cost of the 30% drop is uh, in and around 1 million euro. So it seems as if you drill into the figure, the television licence revolt has begun. And the Mail says this is a 22% drop in the people who are paying their 160 euro fee since the scandal began. This is only since the scandal began. There are others who haven't renewed from maybe the winter, or the autumn, sorry, or the spring, I should say. But since the scandal began, 22% who should have renewed haven't renewed. And that figure is 5,837 fewer people paid their licence fee since the actual scandal began. The nation is quite divided as to whether Ryan Tuberty should uh, go back on air. I have a feeling that he will, but that's just my own personal opinion. For people do be asking me, um fifty percent of people who were surveyed and, uh, and and actually responded to the Sun poll on the subject, fifty percent said he should not go back on air. Forty percent said he should be allowed back on air, and ten percent weren't sure. So it seems as if more people feel that he shouldn't. ...than those that should. 50% saying no. We'll have to wait and see what happens with Kevin Backhurst... ...in the coming days I would think. I think this is a decision that won't take weeks. I think it will will take days. We have an awful problem with regards to all sorts of addiction issues... ...in Ireland and it's only getting worse. If you think it's bad in Dublin... ...I don't know when you were recently in Cork... ...if you think it's bad in Cork... ...I don't know when you were recently in Dublin... ...but if you scale it up... um, ...obviously it will be an awful lot worse but it's very bad in Dublin. It really and truly is. And not only are people shooting up heroin using syringes, but also cocaine. So we they, they, they um, surveyed 15 cities across Europe with regards to the amount of, um, they analysed uh, used syringes all over those uh, capital cities. And unfortunately, Ireland came in um, second highest with regards to the amount of used syringes and the contents of them. The only city that's actually worse than Dublin now, apparently, is Athens in Greece. There's an horrific uh, rape case that makes the papers today. A woman who waived her anonymity and tells a very strong, powerful story of what happened to her in her life. It's a story that I'm reading from the Mirror this morning. It's the story of a man who raped a woman at a house party. She drifted in and out of consciousness. He got jailed for eight years and rightly so. But Kira Mangan waived her anonymity at the Central Criminal Court. She said that she initially felt unwell after being handed an open can of cider at a party. And a fellow called Shane Noonan um, had uh, made a beeline for her and guided her upstairs into a bathroom where he raped her. She says, I was easy prey, extremely vulnerable and totally defenceless. My control was taken from me and I stood no chance. Now, it's a lengthy court report of which I wouldn't have time to read out all of it. But she does talk about the fact that herself and uh, Noonan uh, were 18 years old at the time and they were co-workers at a fast food restaurant. You're not going to believe this. In the aftermath of the rape, Miss Mangan said she was subjected to rape comments and rape songs by colleagues in the then workplace where she worked uh, when the owner wasn't around. So she was taunted and she was bullied and she was harassed and she was mocked by fellow workers as if matters weren't bad enough. Anyway, she took it to court, went to the Gardie, waived her anonymity, and your man's going to jail for eight years. She says, I felt confused, embarrassed, disregarded, bullied, stressed, overwhelmed, that nobody would believe me. Thankfully, the court did, and he's gone to jail. Don't know what will happen to Enoch Burke. At this point in time, uh, the judge has called this whole Enoch Burke saga surreal, has called his behaviour surreal. He continues uh, to um, go outside and wait and protest at the Wilson Hospital School. But the point I wanted to make is a story in The Independent this morning. His bill now, his legal bill, because he gets fined for every day, has now passed six figures. So it's over €100,000. He doesn't look as if he's going to quit and he doesn't look as if he's going to pay it any time soon. And I know I mentioned a new Alzheimer drug on the air yesterday and there's been huge advancement with regards to cognitive disease trying to slow it down, the likes of Alzheimer's. There's another one announced and this is even bigger news in the past 24 hours. It's a drug called Donanimab and it can offer people at least a year of extra time before the disease will start to progress again to put it simpler it will slow the cognitive decline of Alzheimer's by up to 60% now this is a serious turning point in the fight against the disease and I was reading in the Times UK this morning that actually that sometime and hopefully very soon and I hope this comes as a consolation to people or maybe something to uh, to feel feel happy about particularly if maybe a loved one Uh, has just been um, diagnosed, but they're saying that we will soon reach a time when Alzheimer's one day will be as treatable um, as a long-term condition like diabetes or asthma. Isn't that a fabulous thing to be able to say and hopefully sooner rather than later? We were talking about changes to uh, our legal um, status in Ireland when it comes to uh, court cases and people appearing in court and strengthening the laws against hate speech and, you know, giving more stringent sentences for rape, murder and, and, and sexual assault. And that's been very much on the on the front foot there over the last couple of months. But one of the other things, actually, that people are talking about, and this is a story from last week, is is people who give character references to somebody who's been accused in his court in court accused of rape or sexual assault or murder, for that matter, should be able to be cross examined. So if you give a character reference, okay, you've given the character reference, but you should be able to be cross-examined about your character reference e- evidence. I only mention this again because in the Kevin Spacey assault trial, uh, Elton John appeared as a def- defence witness for Kevin Spacey. Um, of course, the uh, he he wasn't there actually. He did it by video link from Monaco, but but the 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 gist of it is is that on the. Uh, On the day or the night of one of the allegations against Kevin Spacey, uh, the Rock superstar says uh, that um, Elton John says that he was actually having a charity ball in Windsor in 2001 and Kevin Spacey was at it and he remembers it because he says he arrived in a white tie and arrived on a private jet and he came straight to the ball. So it's interesting, apparently they gasped in court when they saw Elton John's face appear on the Uh, video link to other types of technology I've said it before and I've said it again if you buy something and you keep it in a box and you never open it and it's in perfect condition and you put it away um, uh, for 20 or 30 years it could well be worth a fortune not talking about bottles of whiskey or bottles of wine or anything like that I'm talking about the first edition iPhone that is sold for 300 times more than its original price Uh, originally in 2007 it was bought for $599 $599 And it sold at auction yesterday for 190 grand. Is there anybody out there with a 2007 first edition iPhone in a box with the cellophane untouched, totally original for over two decades? The 4G, GB, as in the four gigabyte. I know, tiny, isn't it? Four gigabytes of memory, tiny. Um, It was the first edition model. This apparently is extremely, exceedingly rare. So it sold yesterday with a small little three and a half inch screen, uh, half the size of the latest iPhone 14 Pro. It's got double the size screen. Um, So anyway, the phone sold yesterday. Uh, for one hundred and ninety thousand dollars, have an old scramble around. You never know what you might be given as a gift back in the day, or maybe you got an upgrade. and Never bothered using it way back when. And see that story um, with regards to the late uh, Christine McVee from Fleetwood Mac. The Mirror this morning tell us that she left eighty million euro behind. That's her legacy. Her legacy is a lot more than eighty million because her songwriting prowess was beyond reproach. In fact, the Rumours album is full of fantastic uh, Christine McVie songs but 80 million she was worth a fortune when she died I know that she suffered for a lot lot of her life with uh, agoraphobia never sure is it agoraphobia or agoraphobia but she had a fear of going out and that also led to the fact that she couldn't tour because she was afraid of getting on airplanes and stuff like that so to some extent, I suppose she didn't get to spend much of the money. But I've to wonder why would you like parking Christine McVie? Would you leave eighty million euro or a hundred million behind you, or would you not spend it or give it away while you were alive? Or you know, okay, leave a little bit for people when you're gone. But if you want people to share in your success, wouldn't it be an awful lot better thing to do it while you're alive? But anyway, it's it's a sad, sad story. From but she lived a long life. Don't get me wrong; she lived a long, long life. In a, very successful and clearly a prosperous life. Remember last week I was talking about a story in the tabloids where they were matching wine or beer or cider and stuff like that with the type of crisps that you wanted to eat. Whether it was cheese and onion, whether it was sour cream, whether it was barbecue or buffalo flavoured or whatever the case may be. Well, they've only gone and done it or some geese has gone and done it in the sun this morning where you can apparently match um, wine with McDonald's food I won't spend much time with it apart from the fact that they're saying a Big Mac goes very well with Burgundy which is probably I think a heavy hitting red wine I wonder if McDonald's, I suppose in, in France they probably do sell bottles of wine at McDonald's. I know they certainly sell beer. I don't know if they're ever counting on here. So with the Big Mac, you match it with Burgundy. And chicken nuggets goes very well with Vive Clicquot, Clicquot, which is champagne. I can kind of understand uh, why nuggets would go well with champagne. They're kind of small little nibbly things, you know, that you would have Maybe a nugget in one hand and a glass of champagne in the other. It looks quite dainty, doesn't it? It looks so pretty. I mean, the you know, I think wrestling a Big Mac, a big messy Big Mac with a glass of champagne just doesn't work for me to be quite honest with you. It just doesn't seem all that terribly cool. But I'm I'm not a a champagne drinker nor a wine drinker
2: but do you get me what I'm saying champagne and a chicken nugget works. Does it become a chicken goujon then? I always feel like a chicken goujon is like a fancy name for a chicken nugget. Do you know It's it's not a a nugget it's a goujon. I know know that the
1: chicken nuggets in McDonald's (laughs) you you wonder about them because of the (laughs) shape in them but you can get really good pucker chicken goujons that are made from just the breast of the fillet and they're breaded and butchers do them very well mm-hmm. I know McCarthy's and Hawks Road do them for instance where they're the real McCoy and you can stand over the fact that this is actually chicken meat the other stuff you wonder about just,
2: I, I, just chicken nuggets I, I know that like, look, some people like, go mad it's like it's a real like some people are just like if you're a fan of chicken nuggets you're a chicken nugget fiend it's basically the only thing you will order I know, I going to a McDonald's but do you know the buttermilk some of the buttermilk um, you can get like buttermilk crumbed yeah. oh, like yeah. those are just
1: but if you want to take some chicken fillets at home and um, soak them in buttermilk overnight mm. 24 hours I
2: think way more people on a general point I think way more people like I, I And mean, butchers are and as you say McCarthy's and Hawks Road do fantastic stuff but there's nothing wrong with I think going to a butcher's and seeing what they do and then trying to replicate yourself absolutely I, I, I remember
1: when I first went to work in Canada. It was the It was early 1988, and and I, never, I often think about these things. A couple of things that we didn't have in Ireland at the time, and I don't know whether we had chicken nuggets back in 1988. I, perhaps, perhaps we didn't. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we did. But I, 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 but I remember eating them for the first time, and I remember almost being hooked on them for the first few weeks. I used to buy. <laughs> the box with 12 in them or the box with 18 with them I couldn't believe that anything tasted so fabulous (laughs) in the chicken and I remember (laughs) when (laughs) I was in Canada the first time when I was in Canada I also remember eating for the first time um, chicken Caesar salad ooh and I because we I, that is notions. No, we definitely didn't notions. have chicken Caesar salad in Ireland. Yeah. then. And I could not understand how anybody could make anything so beautiful as a chicken Caesar salad with the small little croutons in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a my crouton. God. Tis oh far from
2: God. croutons your ways now, boy. Th- th- and the third thing then
1: <laughs> that I discovered when I went over there first, fresh off the boat, were chicken wings.
2: Oh yeah. It's to
1: go to a pub where every day between 5 and 7 they would give out free chicken wings. Huge big silver salvers of the stuff would go around to, to keep everybody
2: in the bar. Keep you drinking keep you in there it worked i i, I can only imagine it, it worked. worked yeah absolutely you bet your bottom dollar no the it is there's nothing uh, were you were you one of those annoying fellas that yeah, when you came it was just home annoying. oh yeah no well yeah well they when you came back from canada and you were like well you know in canada now they no, did this never and in did canada no. they did this i no. i'm definitely one of those i go no. to a place and i'm like well you never know what they did here you wouldn't believe no. what they did here
1: no oh. you would be long clearing a room yeah <laughs> <No>. yeah <laughs> Actually, can I, I just thank you for that? Can I just get back to food and food content? Thank you for doing this, Kevin. It was unfinished business last week because I ran out of time. Um, and oh, can I also say that I have very little phone lines this morning, lads, for some extraordinary reason. I have no telephone lines. I might be lucky to have a WhatsApp line. So it could just be me just prattling away here. I've lots to say, though. Don't worry about it. Um, so I, I don't know when this this ever happened in the past where I had no phone line. So it's exciting, exciting. Um, but anyway, hopefully that'll be resolved sooner rather than later. But I did do, and Kevin did some work, because we are talking last week about picnics and going on picnics. And it's unfinished business with regards to uh, the meat content of your favourite sausage.
3: Next. Text the Neil Prenderville <laughs> Show now. 86 Red FM. Years ago... <laughs>
1: Years ago, there were people called the Dagenham Yank, right? They used to come back from Dagenham, working for fours with their money laid, their pockets laden down with money. And they'd be around the town like belted earls, flashing the cash in the local pubs. They were known as the the Dagenham Yanks. (laughs) And Kevin asked me, was I like that when I would come home from holidays in Canada? Was I annoying people? Oh, in Canada, they do this. Or over in Canada, we do that. And I was saying, not at all. My wife just texted me there. She said... She said, Stop stop being such a goody two shoes. You were annoying. You once said when you came back for the holidays and were living at home with your folks, somebody called to the door for your sister Eileen. She said when you were when somebody called to the door for your sister Eileen, you said to them, She's gone to the store for a pop.
2: <laughs> She's got to the store for a pop. Oh, come off. Got <laughs> to the store for a pop. <laughs> Jeez. I did say that actually oh my god or I did this really annoying. I've been really out cancelled yeah I did this really annoying thing as well that <laughs> I totally and people listening to me now will be like yeah I'm finally glad you're actually being honest on air I did this thing where when I was living over in France I was only speaking French all the time so I never spoke English and then I'd come home and I'd be like oh, what's the English word for that uh, I no, mean that for 20 regular. years yeah, speaking yeah. English
4: no, like no, no, but <laughs>
1: Cork people <laughs> would be long it's putting so you back much. in your box with that kind of nonsense and proper
2: order as well that's what makes it so great that's why I love Cork you, you can't me getting away with notions like that around here how did her? I get on to
1: all of that oh yeah the, the meat content of sausages and, and chicken nuggets so here is the research for you right uh, the full research we were talking about sausages and picnics last week and what you'd have and I had a little frying pan and a little gas burner up, in, uh, up by Brayhead and Valencia and I was cooking the sausages and the, and the fried eggs so the sausage content of it, the pork content in your sausages varies dr- dramatically vastly right? Um, and the one that we found that had the most pork in it, the actual most pork in the sausage is Marks and Spencer. They have 90% pork inside in their sausages, 90%, which is an incredibly high amount of pork. The lowest that we managed to find with regards to pork content is the Galti sausage with 55% pork. So go check out the difference there with regards to the pork content. Marks & Spencer's at 90%, Galti at 55%. I don't know what the price difference is, sausage for sausage, pack for pack, but that's the difference in pork content. 90% with Marks, 55% with Galti. There are others then um, that come in quite well. The Aldi uh, pork sausage, 85%. The De Roista uh, pork sausage 85% and I think to to also do fantastic black and white pudding and I think they're down in the Gwaelskucht around I'm open to correction here but are they in uh, Balavorni perhaps I think down around there making their sausages 85% For 85% for Aldi Some of the other ones then um, and you can, yeah, Balivorny thank you, that's where de are based Caharbeg Free Range Pork Sausages 60% in Ross Carberry O'Flynn's Gourmet Breakfast Sausage 70% Rudd's Premium Sausage 70% Denny Gold Medal 60% Galti 55% Mallon's Irish Pork Sausage 57% Then we took a look At the own brands, Dunn's Sausage, 65%, Tesco, 70%, and the Superquin Sausage, 80%. Hope you can follow all of that because there is a big, big difference between all of them. As high as 90% with Mark's and as low as 55%. With Gatti. text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. My apologies. Um, I think we might be beginning to get phone lines back again now, so hopefully that will work out and we'll we'll plow on. But I do have WhatsApp. Sarah, good morning.
5: Hi Neil, how are you? Thank
1: you so much for holding. I just went off on one there anyway. Are you a fan of sausages yourself? Let me ask.
6: I don't mind them, you know. Clonakilty really hit the spot. Oh, hang on a
1: second. I must get the pork content for the Clonakilty sausage. Thank you, Sarah. I don't have that. I must. Get Maybe I one.
6: don't want to know.
1: But but <laughs> if you like, listen, if you like the taste of them and you like the additives, what the hell? Stick with it. I'm just I'm just trying to show yeah. that there can be like fifty percent more pork in it, depending on the sausage that you buy. You know what I mean?
6: Yeah. Oh no, they're good. They hit the spot. They went on the barbecue at the weekend and oh, they were perfect. The
1: big ones, the the jumbo ones.
6: No, just the normal size ones. They were perfect.
1: Okay, fifty five percent pork in a clonic guilty sausage. Fifty five.
6: I wonder what the other percent is. <laughs> you're asking, and you're right to ask. They're still tasty, though. Anyway, can
1: we get to um, first world problems, um, which would be parent and child parking? You have sent oh, me stop. a photograph. Tell me the backstory. Go ahead. Do
6: you know what I've actually? I've actually sent you two. Um, so a few weeks ago, I had an incident in Wilton Shopping Centre. I think he shared it on your socials where there was a gentleman who parked his car between mine and the parent next to me in the parent and child parking in Wilton. Um, and in doing so, he actually did damage to my driver or my passenger side door. He took a chunk out of my handle and scratched the side of the car and drove off. And. Um, so that is currently, you know, still going down a process with the Gardaí and insurance and quotes from main dealers but and all no, that but kind of no, stuff. No, but reg,
1: like, no reg of the driver or anything?
6: No, no I did. I, I sent it to T as well. but
1: I don't have that. I just want to have a look at it in a moment. Too. But you said he. Heed. Yeah. You knew it was a male driver. Oh, it was a
6: he? Oh, it was the heat because it was actually raining and I was um, in Wilton with my son and it was lashing. So I said, right, I'll run down to the car and throw him into the car seat, you know. And um, I literally ran down to the car. I got down to it and I was greeted with the car, like blocking, you know, the the side where my son's car seat is and his car seat's a swivel one. So the seat is facing the door. Mm. Um. So I was like stood there kind of in shock. And this man was fiddling with his umbrella, trying to get in. And I could kind of hear the banging of his door against mine. Oh. And he got like I was just staring at him and he looked at me and I said, you know, that's not a parking space, don't you? And he just said, oh, we don't have to do this now, do we? <laughs> I so- Did he say that? I, he actually said that, like the attitude took me totally off guard. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, but it's raining and I can't put my son into his car seat because you're parked in a place that's not a parking space and he just kind of kept waffling and I was more distracted with the fact I could hear the hopping of the car I'm door I'm seeing mine. the
1: photograph now I mean this guy yeah. is seriously wedged in he's not even in a proper space
6: no. And I actually stopped communicating with him at that point and I whipped out my phone and I took a picture of how close the door was to mine. So I had it and he was getting in the car. He hopped in, he was there rustling with whatever he was doing and he started reversing out. So I took the photo of the ridge yeah. and the space between the two cars. He reversed back out and just drove off. Like my priority was putting my son in out of the ring. So okay. I went straight to, Here's straight one. to his side, threw him in the car seat, put the buggy in the boot And I went to have a look and I saw the chunk out the side of my car. I was like, no, he's not getting away with this.
1: Here's how how they work. You have uh, parent and child, formerly known as mother and baby spaces, um, where the actual space for the parent and uh, child is quite wide, right? Then there's a small little gap with two white lines signifying nobody park here. And then there's another Mm. parent and baby spot quite wide, this guy pulls into the gap between the two spaces, which is not a parking space at all. That's why you couldn't mm-hmm. open the doors. I, I don't mean to be overly explaining this, but isn't that the case?
6: Absolutely. Yeah, no, it is. And, and I understand, like, the gaps. Like, if I know the, the car next to me, and I, I could see loads of comments of people saying, look at the way the car next to you is parked. But, like, regardless of what way they're parked, if they're still within their lines, like, there should still be no one parking between the two, you know?
1: We're not going to um, do this, are we? Isn't that an interesting response, huh?
6: We're not going to go do this, are uh, we? Yeah, uh, it was just a really like arrogant, in uh, his body language, everything. The tone was just screaming, like, how dare you try and pull me on this? And I was literally just taken aback entirely. You're not letting um, that one go, are you? No, I'm not letting that one go. I didn't move from my parking space. I rang Wilton and they got security straight out to me. Um, security witnessed the damage, they saved the footage, um, they sent me straight to Um, And I was there within the 20 minutes of it happening. Uh, and the guard they are looking after it and they've reviewed the footage, they've confirmed, they can see, you know, the, the contact between the cars. They saw his parking and just laughed at it, saying, my God, like, honestly, people. Um, But like, that was just like the starting point of stuff that's been going on. But I'm just curious, because
1: I remember years ago, uh, the the guards would handle it in a particular way. They would ring your man, right? And they would say, because I know of it happening years ago, it happened to me with a wing mirror. Uh, And they would ring your man or they might call over in a squad and say, listen, we're going to give you one chance to talk to this woman or talk to this man, pay for the damages or we're going to prosecute you. Nine times out of 10, then, I suppose they'll just pay up. So I imagine that's the way the guards would handle that one, do you think?
6: It's a bit of a grey area because it's private property in Wilton. And technically, he's not breaking any laws because it's not illegal parking when they're courtesy parking spaces. So there's a very big grey area that I'm trying to navigate with them like i had said look regardless of whatever you know that could be against him in terms of parking or illegal parking or whatever which isn't i said all i want is my car to be fixed i said i i said i genuinely just want my car to be fixed i said and i wouldn't be worried about the handle of my car except for the fact that it's automated so when you put your hand on the handle of the car it unlocks the car and you damage that so as well if Well, I don't know if if it's fine now, but if it gives up in a month or two's time, given the loudness of the bangs, like, you know, you just don't know. Okay. Um, I hope
1: you don't give up on that. um, I'm not. No, I'm not. typical bullying behaviour, you know, clearly knew what he did and dismissed you as if you were just a nuisance and and drove off. Yeah. But, But since then, what's happened?
6: Oh, so since then, like I've, I've, I've come across one or two people in the parent and child in various places since. Though I I feel like mall cop at this stage, like, (laughs) but honestly, honestly, I really do. And I shouldn't have to worry about it going shopping like other friends of mine. This is a constant, like little, like topic of conversation with other mum friends of mine or even my husband, um, where it's like, oh, will like, will I get a space this time or will I get a space at all, regardless of where it is? Like, I don't go shopping gunning for the parent and child parking spaces. If there's no parent and child parking space, I will try and see if I can get one on a pedestrian crossing where I can open up the door on the pedestrian crossing for my son to get out or I'll park way down the back of the car park, you know, somewhere in the corner where I know someone's not going to park next to me so I can get him in and out. I know, like, I, I know you'd be I,
1: reasonable. I, I accept don't mind. Yeah, but yet you see multiple cars mind. of families with children looking for spaces and this young guy driving a middle-aged woman in the passenger seat takes a spot, is it?
6: This was yesterday, yeah. So Johnson in Bishopstown, I was inside shopping with my son and I came out, I was after, luckily enough, I had gotten a space right outside the textiles door. So I came out and I was um, putting him into the car seat and I could see like just the row behind me, there was a space um, to the left of my car just behind me and I could see there was a space but I could see there were a couple of families kind of doing circles, trying to get spaces and I was like I wonder now will a family get it or someone else? So I was just keeping an eye out of curiosity, you know? and um i was putting my son in the car seat strapped him in and i looked and there was um a car pulling into the space and i only like paid attention because obviously it's a topic at the moment for me personally with yeah. what's going on so yeah. i'm aware of it yeah so i this woman got out of the car and she was up at the parking space and she was like you know using her hands to tell the driver to come closer 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 to the next car in front so he was nearly inside the boot of the other car i was kind of thinking how are they going to get a buggy in the boot of that car, you know, yeah, yeah. but but when I'd finished strapping my son in. I put the buggy in the car and I was going around the car and this woman was still out and the, the young driver, young male, got out of the driving seat and they both turned on their heel and they were heading towards the door, so they were passing me. So I said, look, I said, you know that that space is for parent and child parking. I said, so, you know, people with buggies, car seats, small children that need extra space to get in and out the car. And I was essentially told to mind my own business and she continued walking past me.
1: Did she say that? Mind your own business?
6: Yeah, she said, you'd want to mind your own business and walk past me. And I was on the other side of my car at this point and I said, that's the height of ignorance. And she turned and she said, sorry? I said, that is the height of ignorance. And she walked back towards my car and this, like this conversation now was actually over my car. So very intimidating. Like I was standing at my driver's side and she was at my passenger side leaning over my car to tell me that she didn't think that it was very ignorant of her, of her at all, that the driver was a learner driver and that he needs the extra space and how was he supposed to park the car inside a small little space without doing damage to other cars <laughs> and I stopped her that's the I defense. stopped her and I s- totally I stopped her, I said I'm sorry, I said but that's between you and Dunn Stores, I said that's between you and Cork City Council
1: We Do we need, L- I Do said- we need L- wider L spaces now?
6: This is it. I said, that space that you've just parked in, I said, is not for that purpose. I said, it's for families or parents or guardians or p- people with young children, people with babies in car seats, people with children in buggies who need the extra space. I said, that's not what that space is for. And she said, oh, well, I've done all of that.
1: I've done all of what? And that was
6: the end. Of, I've done all of that. Like, as, as in, I've done all the buggies and car seats and everything. I said, okay, but I said, you don't need it now. And you should appreciate
1: said, how difficult it is.
6: Exactly. And I literally said, what are you teaching that learner driver? I said, you're teaching him everything what not to do.
1: And is like there is there L plates up on this car?
6: Um I did look back at the photo. It's it's not even visible that it's an L. It's like extremely faded right, on the yeah, top passenger yeah, corner. Yeah, 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 like yeah. you can't make out there's an L there at all.
1: Like if they ever want um, to learn how to drive, they'll need to learn how to park in proper spaces. Um, Rather than being told, oh, well, we're going to help you to compensate by using other people's wider space. You're never going to learn unless you do the things you need to master. And that is learning how to reverse into a parking space. But that's for another matter. But aren't people very ignorant, though?
6: Oh, like like I remember when I was learning to drive and I know how scary it is. We've all been there. But when it went to like shopping or parking in a car park, I went to the very back of the car park and practiced getting in the lines before I even put my car anywhere near someone else's. Yeah, I know. I to know. make sure that I could. And even if I was going shopping and the work cars around, I'd still go to the back and isolate my car away just so I knew that I was yeah. comfortable in myself. Do,
1: do you regularly see um, a person getting out of a car and having parked it in a mother and baby space and gone off? Yeah. Yeah. I photographed yeah. here in front um, of me of a big SUV, for instance, parked in. In a wide mother and baby space, that is that, that
6: the one from yesterday. Was yeah, it a grey? It's a, a one. Yeah, that's the that's the car yesterday. Yeah, that's the car yesterday. That was that woman and that's, her son. That's your man. Um.
1: Yeah.
6: Yeah, that's them yesterday. I did report it to management. I I did say it's to like, her when I mean, when she's learning she said, to
1: drive, you'd land a plane on that spot, like, I mean, like honestly, it's insane. So
6: management came out to me anyway because I was I, I was speaking to a girl on the phone. I said, look, I said, Cargline are very proactive and keeping an eye on things, and they have someone out managing it all the time. Um, I said, is there anyone here who's monitoring near Can they come over to me? I said, because genuinely I said, I'm actually sitting in the car and I'm shaking now. I said, I'm so upset. I said, for trying to voice the right thing and still get told, you know, still still be told that I'm wrong. Yeah, when, What would you think like,
1: would, would improve it? Do you think um, that anybody that <sighs> uses these spaces must have a visible baby buggy in it? Um, and, if they I... do, and if they don't, they should be clamped?
6: It's a hard one because I know um, that they do look out for like, no, I'm not sure specifically what they do in Cargilline, but like the the security um, guy who is there, he does keep an eye. Um, A friend of mine recently wasn't doing shopping and came out with the shopping. She was in there with her mom and her son, but came out with the shopping trolley, put the shopping in the car, and he was kind of looking at her like, where's the baby? So she went back inside with the trolley to meet her mom and the son. And when she came back out, he was actually there noting down the ridge and he saw her come back out with the baby. He went, oh, I'm so sorry. So...
7: That's proactive it, it, They're just least. They're
6: yeah. very proactive. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, we need um, a Paul and, and Blart
1: sh- in every shopping mall, don't we? A Paul Blart in all of the car parks. I know. Safety I I know. And Do you know
6: It wouldn't really be a full-time job if somebody was there actually looking after this, uh, and well, monitoring a, a it. It would be a full-time this. job in it.
1: Have a listen to this. Hi Neil, I had a bit of an argument with my husband the other night after I gave out to a couple in the shopping centre car park. We had dropped in to get a few bits for the morning. As we drove in, all the mother and baby spots close to the entrance were taken. We parked a bit away to ensure we had a space on the passenger side so we had enough space to take the baby out. It was raining. We had to walk a good bit to the shop with the pram. As we headed back to the car after doing our bits and pieces, I noticed a lazy, childless couple pull out of one of the parent spots. I told them the space was not for them. They laughed at me as they drove off. My husband gave out to me for giving out to them. I don't think I was out of place. I wonder, do you? Um, I, I don't think so. Do you think so?
6: No, no. And do you know, there, there are genuinely people like who don't even have children who would be like empathetic towards situations like that. In Kinsale, Super Valley, one of the girls I know there, approached, again, um, I think it was guys in a work van who were parked in the parent and child parking and the four of them laughed at her. So there was four against one, yeah, intimidating know, her as to how she was... Like, it's... It 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 is a very big issue on a daily basis. Like I don't know about any other parent, but well, I've got enough going on without having to deal with where I'm gonna park, I you have know, a or a lot who, of text coming going in to, and
1: it. No you don't. No no should you have to be looking over your shoulder. Yeah,
6: I shouldn't to, have to worry to about, about it. Like another friend really of mine about. had to she'd put her baby in and out of the boot on a regular basis, you know, because Again, these issues are reoccurring over know and over something, again.
1: Another thing, damage to cars and car parks is all too prevalent. Like, it's happening a lot. Yeah. You know, p- banging off people's doors or scratching them with trolleys and everything. It's fairly scary stuff.
6: Yeah. While, like, while going to the main dealer yesterday to get the damage from the that gentleman looked at, I actually found a second scrape on the other side of my car that I was unaware of.
1: Yeah, that's probably a trolley.
6: I, I think it was a door again.
1: Do you think so? <laughs> yeah,
6: it's you a take, pretty long one. I don't know. Yeah, it's life pretty long. In your one.
1: hands when you go into a shopping centre car park. Oh. Will, will you let me know how you get on with your man? The fella named I think he was in his fifties. damaged the door. Yeah, see if what happens in that. Yeah, regard.
6: and and like that. No, I mean there was no need for that kind of carry on yesterday, especially from another female. That's even the worst part about it. Like someone who says she's done all of that and been there. It was just the most like.
8: Like, you don't
1: need
6: it. It's like bashing your head That's against the, the wall. I You're trying what, to go society, really.
1: It's just society. It's just you the know. way people behave. Okay, let me get some more calls and texts on this one, but come back to me if you have an update, Sarah, okay?
6: No problem. Thanks, Neil.
1: Take care. You can pick up the phone 0818104106. Text 0868104106.
3: Calls and texts on the way. Talk. To Neil Prenderville now, 0818-104-106, Cork's Red
1: FM. Don't judge a book by the cover. My ma'am, for example, when she does the shopping alone, she parks in the mother and baby spots, not because she doesn't want to park a few steps away from the door. Simply, she had a hidden disability. She's even entitled to park in the wheelchair spot, but she doesn't feel comfortable knowing someone, in a much worse case, will need that spot. She needs the mother and baby spot so she can open her door enough without causing pain or discomfort of simply getting in and out of her car, says Hazel. Fair enough, I understand that, but you know your mam really is entitled to park in a disability spot If she says that she has a disability, pass and also needs help like that. Um, The air should be left out of their tyres. It's the same when people park in the wheelchair spaces. People have no morals. Don't get me started on people who don't take back the trolleys. Do they think the store workers enjoy running around the car park collecting them after a hard day's work, says Lorraine. I forgot about that. Rogue trolleys, lost trolleys, trolleys all on their own, just abandoned. Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. This Um, is kind of a motoring related story. Margaret, can you hear me all right?
5: Yeah, I'm here. Okay, what
1: happened this morning? Were you dropping your sister to the airport?
5: I was dropping my sister to the airport and coming up the hill, my car just, it is weird. And as I went around the roundabout, it just stopped. Um, That's the roundabout going
1: into the airport. So the top of the hill, yeah. Just
5: going into the airport,
1: conked out, yeah.
5: Conked out. (laughs) Now I was on the edge of the roundabout, so I didn't actually cause a traffic jam, but there was a lot of cars there. My sister tried to get out, but it was impossible on the drive uh, passenger side because the cars were going so fast. But this man stopped, pulled his car over on the left-hand side, and came over. And said he would steer the car or push the car, uh, which was great because I was so embarrassed. <laughs> um,
1: also drive time in the morning and it was also wet. Yeah,
5: Yes, it, wasn't, it was just before nine. So he asked me to get back into the car to steer the car while he pushed it. My sister was saying she'd get out to help him. But as I said, she couldn't because traffic was coming. Damien, which I later found out his name was, stopped some of the cars so he could push it put me up onto the footpath dropped my sister to the airport wow. came back and sat with me and offered to take my daughter's to Toomey to the vet
1: <laughs> Your daughter's dog was sick, what's the dog's name?
5: Mr Toomey Huh?
1: The dog's name is Mr Mr, Mr. Toomey yes. Yeah <laughs> I'm very nosy. Why is the dog called Mr. Toomey? Who is Mr. Toomey?
5: Um, My son-in-law will kill me. Uh, It's his friend. The dog was called after his friend.
1: Mr. Toomey?
5: Yeah.
1: I love it. Okay, so you you had a lot going on. Mr. Toomey was sick. Your sister had to make a plane. Your car's conked out on the roundabout. Damien comes along... Almost in a cape to the rescue. What happened next?
5: (laughs) Um, He actually sat with me until he knew the um, tow truck was coming. And the guy from the tow truck, also nice, didn't get his name. But he was also a very nice man. So once Damien knew that the truck was coming, he said he'd go off and he'd come back later to see if if I was still there or gone. So I just really wanted to say thank you because he was really helpful, got me out of a jam as well, and not many people would stop.
1: And not many people could single-handedly push a black Nissan Nissan Qashqai?
5: No, (laughs) Ah. no. He must be going to the gym
1: quite regular. In He was a
5: nice man, and also my son's name is Damien.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So two Damien's. How's Mr Pogue after the vet visit?
5: Uh, he hasn't gone to the vet yet my daughter rang to say we'd be late so I'm just here now in Nathan. Nice and hopefully to go <laughs> um, the tow truck said to be, um, the clutch is gone
1: the clutch is gone are you, um, mm-hmm. are, you, are you a bit busy with the clutch foot you are did you burn it out
5: mm-hmm. I say I did <laughs>
1: <laughs> get an automatic car you'll have no problems mm-hmm. with burning out clutches anyway it would be nice to find Damien wouldn't it
5: yeah, I did ask him for his number, but he said, look, uh, I'm... everything is OK, Everything's but I just okay. want to say thank yeah. you.
1: Knight in the... shining armour that came to your aid. Yeah. Well, if da- if Damien's listening or anybody knows Damien, I would like him to call or get in touch because I think it would be nice to give him a gift, you know. He he obviously yeah. is a very kind, caring Carconian. probably loves yep. his city. And would maybe like one of our fantastic family passes to take himself off on one of our day trips to all of the different family-oriented uh, tourist attractions around did the county. Say
5: because I said, Mister Toomey sheds a lot when he offered to take him to the vet. He said, "Look, my kids are in the car anyway, so yeah, that would be brilliant." Wouldn't
1: it? And if Damien's listening today, I'm giving away Cork Harbour boat hire tours, which are self-drive boat tours. Uh, did you say that Damien has kids? Yeah. He would love this. You can take the kids out on the water and they can go off on their own little speedboats. They'll have a ball. So let's hope he gets in touch with me, all right?
5: Okay, thank you very Not much. Not at all. Thanks for, for telling the story, Mark. Say thank
1: you. You're more than welcome. And I hope that Mr. Toomey will make a 100% full recovery.
5: I'm sure he will. Mr. Toomey.
1: I love it. Thanks, Margaret. All
3: the best. <laughs> now. Neil
1: Prenderville Show, Red FM. A big shout out on this Tuesday morning to the Cronins and the Hayes families today, because today, Tuesday, son Adrian Hayes and his wife Emma and two children, Ronan, age four, and Clodagh, age one, on the 28th of July, are home from New Zealand. And they haven't been home to Cork since May of 2018, when they came home to get married. So both families are very excited to see them today. There'll be big celebrations for a few weeks, meeting up with friends and cousins that they never met. I'm so excited to have all my family together again and an opportunity to get a photo of my 12 grandchildren all together. They are arriving into Cork Airport at 11 a.m. this morning. Wow, that's going to be some family reunion. Thank you, Brenda. Happy to read that out. Have a great time together the reunification of the Cronin and the Hayes families today. So enjoy. A lot of text, which I'll come back to in a few minutes' time. I just want to chat with Mark because uh, he's got other things to do, but did get in touch with regards to people's parking habits. Mark, good morning.
9: Hi, good morning,
1: Neil. In fairness to you, you, in fairness, you're coming out and you're saying that there should be no such thing as mother and baby or mother and child spaces.
9: Why? Um, Well, I'm not saying there should be no such thing as uh, parent and child spaces, but why are they at the front of the car park next to the disabled spaces when elderly people have to, without a disabled badge, have to walk 100 metres across the car parks? Why can't the parent and child spaces be at the back of the car park? I hear
1: what you're saying, yeah. Well, that might work if there was a buggy involved and they could then push the buggy into the shop. They might get soaked with rain, and the buggy might get wet, and the baby might...
9: the elderly people might get wet as well. I mean, these are young, fit people, usually in their 20s and 30s. Why can't they walk 100 metres? Why should my 85-year-old father, without a disabled badge... um, no, luckily, he's able to drive and and walk, but he has to walk 100 metres across the car park, and people in their 20s and 30s are parked right at the entrance... Um, give them their wide parking spaces yeah yeah and I know just back you're the car
1: yeah. parks. you know I, I'm, t- I'm trying to come up with a reason why that's not a good idea and I'm struggling to do so Well, you would have in the case of your 86 year old dad who drives but has to park 100 metres away from the entrance uh, and would be kind of slower and clearly not as fit as a young
9: parent would be I, I know what you're saying yeah first, um, I mean you go to Silver Value anywhere in the country um, that's the parking layout um the disabled spaces at the entrance and there's the parent, we call it parent and child, we won't call
1: it mother and child Yeah um, so, that, so they are always the spaces at the entrance to the car parks the disability ones and the parent and child wide spots, well both are, are wide spots um, Yeah I know what you're saying I mean I'm, that that is an interesting point to make, however that doesn't stop people who are able bodies parking In spaces that are either big because don't kid yourself, able bodied people also take disability spaces, not to mention parent and child.
9: They should have a 500 euro fine if you park in a disabled space. Um, but also, you shouldn't park in a designated parent and child space either. I mean, the rules are the rules,
1: but. Nobody thinks about the elderly. Okay, good point. Let's see what people make of that. Mark is suggesting that young people who are fit enough to swing off chandeliers and make children should not be parking at the entrance. They can have their spaces, but further away and up front, it should be disability and spaces for the elderly. Good point. Let's see if people think uh, that's a good idea. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Thanks, you, Neil. Text Thank you. 0868 When mine were little, there was no such thing, and we're still alive and happy and not traumatized, as in there was no. Uh, parent and child spaces. Whatever about childless folk using these spaces the person who calls them mother and baby spots is just simply sexist, says Liam. Yeah, you're right, they're not actually called that I've been guilty of, that slipping out myself it's not mother and baby, it's parent and child or parent and baby Um, I remember once I remember once pretending to park in a parent and child space with my son he was 17 at the time and Nearly six feet tall, sitting in the passenger space. And he saw me going for it. He said, You can't, you can't, you can't back there. You can't back there. They're for parent and child. I said, But you are my child. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I swerved away. It's infuriating. It's infuriating, even. It's not even about being close to the door. It's impossible to get a small baby in a car seat out of the car in the regular spaces and it's extremely selfish of those who just want to be close to the door for no other reason, says Sarah. Problem will be easily solved if they move the parent and child spaces away from the entrance. Their benefit is not being close to the entrance like disability spaces. Their benefit is being wider. They can put wider ones anywhere. Any parent I've spoken to would happily walk further away if they had more space to get the baby seat and young children in and out of the car. So Aoife agrees with Mark have your wider parent and child spaces but not just at the entrance because if they're not at the entrance then you won't have greedy people hogging them interesting one here saying the air should be left out of their tyres it's the same when people park in wheelchair spaces they have no morals one or two more try carrying a car seat with a baby the length of a car park a week after giving birth with a toddler in tow and get back to me then says Annette with regards to have the baby and parent spaces further away. Yeah, try doing that with a car seat and a baby and a toddler. Tesco and Balancolic have about 50 parent and child spaces. I will admit to parking in one occasionally but only if there are like 20 of them free. Uh, Maria says, um, at the end of the day, there should be larger spaces for all cars. There should be no preference just because you have a child. Also, if people opened their car doors without damaging the car alongside them, then people more than likely wouldn't park in these spaces in the first place. Also, don't forget about all the people who don't have electric cars, but park in that spot. Yeah, people with electric cars park in the electric car spot but don't charge their car. I like the point where you're saying um, if people open their car doors without damaging the cars, then they wouldn't be parking if the spaces were wider. They wouldn't be taking the disability spots and they wouldn't be taking the parent and toddler spots. They're taking them because they're afraid or have had their cars Damaged in the past Yes But also because They're just bone
2: lazy mm. Go ahead I think I Just on the disabled Parking spaces It's something that I just think Is the absolute Height of ignorance Is parking in a disabled space And I actually think that Even more though So than a 500 euro fine I think you should be forced To do 10 hours Or 15 hours Community service With a disabled charity Make you think twice about the kind of things that disabled people go through you know
1: yeah you wouldn't be long messing wouldn't, wouldn't be, be long getting up, getting through a few yeah to do that.
2: absolutely chalk it down so I, I, I honestly think that is just it's just it really wrecks my head people doing that it's it's really they're the very
1: brazen it. though I mean uh, you, you'd think they'd be mortified or embarrassed to even attempt
2: to do it but they do I think people there's a certain amount of doubling down do you know it's easier to you, what is it they say sometimes defense attack is the best form of defense so sometimes if you snap back like that's what made me that's what I got, got the sense from Sarah's story there earlier when your man's response was are we really doing this yeah. it's kind of like yeah. being being on the, the attack kind of giving you no space then to to have a go yourself you're some right, people are really glad to it.
1: back off from the argument yeah, then saying exactly. this is only going to go one but way but I
2: honestly think yeah. community service 10 hours or whatever 15 hours in a disabled charity I'd say you wouldn't be long not parking in the disabled space after
1: okay that. good point well made uh, parking Nazis somebody described it uh, for want of a better term you can't fix what their mothers failed to do by just shouting at them in car parks I've often been screamed at by people for parking in a disabled zone when I have my disabled mother with me I don't look at my passenger before they scream insults at me. It boils my blood, says Sinead, when people with that small children or babies with them park in these spots. Most of these spots have signs up asking people to be respectful of parent parking spaces. And most people are. I think only people who are ignorant are absolutely clueless as, a, as to how hard it is to try and get a baby car seat into a car when there's no physical space to do so. I'd, uh, I had to take my baby out of his carry t- cot uh, before... I put him on my lap to reverse my car out enough to get the car seat in to the car in Aldi Uh, and a person on their own comes out, jumps into their car and drives off without any consideration for anyone else. That's exactly why these spaces are available to allow for extra room don't take it if you don't need it simple as, says Sinead and Chloe finally for now says it's the same with non-pregnant women and men parking in spaces specifically for expectant mothers and then actual pregnant people having to walk a mile to get to the entrance of a place, it's a disgrace now that's a new one on me, are there designated spaces also for pregnant women, or is it now pregnant persons, back after the break text (laughs) 0868104106
3: Talk to Neil Prenderville now, 0818 104
1: 106, Cork's Red FM. Janice says, isn't the mother and father lucky that they can push a buggy two minutes from a shopping centre, a small window of your lives, enjoy it. I would gladly, but can't, because my child will always be in a wheelchair. So try and find a wheelchair space, then I will actually sympathise with you, says Janice who struggles to find a wheelchair space for her motor car so that she can wheel her child in a wheelchair into a shopping centre. I told a former TD off for parking in a parent and child space. He told me to go away and mind my own business. I wonder who was that, Deirdre? He was sick of people hitting his car with doors and the TD said he needed the extra space. I was shocked and told him how ignorant and disrespectful he was of designated spaces and of the people who needed them. He didn't give two hoots. I didn't have my child with me, but I was pregnant at the time. I wouldn't dream of using one of those spaces when I didn't have a child with me, says Deirdre. The TD said he was sick of people hitting off his car doors and he needed the extra space. Um, I do have nine bulging discs in my back and when I am in spasm, uh, I'm on meds. I remember one time when my back was bad, having to park in one of those um, adult and baby child spaces, parent and child, uh, to get a few essentials. And I got abused for doing it. Uh, And I actually went to the security guard to explain myself, even though he was fine about it. The parents with children who were old enough and not in car seats were abusive. I think certain situations should warrant a person to park in a space especially when you have reduced mobility but not severe enough for a disability pass, says Joanne. So there are special circumstances, I suppose, when you look at it that way. Anyway, lines are open, text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Michelle, good morning.
10: Good morning. Where are you?
1: Who's that with you? Little babby, is it?
10: Yeah, yeah. Mother and baby. So mother
1: and yeah. baby. Okay, so you, yeah. you would yeah. use um, a parent and baby space then?
10: I mm-hmm. would, I would. Yeah, if I was my youngest. Um, I have two children. I have an 8 year and
1: 2 You're not on a speakerphone uh, there, Anthony, are you know?
10: No, no, I'm not. I'm outside. I'm just going to into- just-
1: Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll let you get on with what you have to do. So tell me what you wanted to share.
10: First, uh, so the reason that the mother or the parents and child say to get close to the door is for the safety of the children. So, like young kids, when you take them out of the car, they're prone to running. So it's for the safety of the children that a child doesn't run out. In front of an oncoming car, do you know if the spaces are down towards the back of the car park?
7: Yeah, um, yeah, Because yeah.
10: there was, it, that was something I've always said, do you know, move the spaces away and you'd have people less inclined to use them who were, um, say, a parent or had a young child with them. But it was actually somebody had said that the reason that they are so close to the door is for the safety of young kids, that think can't run out in front of a car but, but, of yeah, but,
1: but, of a but surely somebody who's using a parent in child space oh, wouldn't yeah. have a toddler, they'd have a baby in a in a buggy, surely the toddler yeah, when, would walk by the hand well I don't
10: know about Julia but I know my two year old would run out in front of a car, no
1: problem right I know, <laughs> I know, I, I know. So listen I've been, there, be I've been there I've been there, yeah, yeah. I just, I would have thought if the child is old enough to walk do not use the mother the parent oh, and baby absolutely. space
10: absolutely like if i was just with my eight-year-old i never use them because she's well able to get out of the car and stuff herself it's only if i have smaller you know, one with me
1: are okay you know. that's a good point i wasn't aware of that yeah. as being a reason why there's another point that yeah. you make which is an excellent one cars are bigger now and the spaces yeah. don't seem to have got wider for all of the no. big suvs that people are driving
10: yeah, so the argument of, you know, oh, we didn't have them 30 years ago and all was well, but the cars are way bigger now, so it is very tight to try and get a car seat in and out of the car. You know, Um, like the trolleys have really upgraded in the sense that, like, you can put a newborn baby now, you can just take out the car seat and just put it down on top of the trolley. Yeah. And they kind of have trolleys specifically for baby car seats. But
7: so the cars have gotten bigger. Out,
10: yeah. They've gotten way bigger. Yeah. Way bigger. Yeah. So. All right. But the yeah, I haven't
1: changed. Off you go, so thank you, Michelle. Take care, thank all God. the best. Oh, Actually, that's a very right. good point. If you, I, I know we're talking about parking, but obviously you get calls and texts on it. You go with the calls and the texts. But if you look at how this problem develops, right? So you've got two spaces and cars are bigger and wider and the spaces are fairly small and fairly tight. So if somebody, if you park up, right, and you leave and there's a space next to you, right, empty, and you're gone and somebody comes along and they park next to you they're not getting out of the driver's door now the driver's door is next to your sorry the passenger's door in their car is next to your driver's door their driver's door is on the other side so they're only compensating for themselves to get out of their car on the right hand side they're looking at the distance between them and the car on the right they're not really we're not really checking perhaps as much as we should the space between the passenger door in our car and the driver's door in the car on the left hand side that's where the problem happens then you, might, you you don't have to have a child to be not able to get into your car you can just come back to your car and look at it and say oh my god look at the space this character's left me how am i going to get in and one of two occasions i've been in the multi-stories inside in town q park comes to mind and i've had to get in the passenger door of the car literally the passenger door of the car. And we all check for scratches and bumps, don't we? We really do. Anyway, to WhatsApp we go. Colette, good morning. Hi, good morning. And there are many different reasons and stories in people's lives. So go ahead. What have you got for me?
11: Well, I'm just um, thinking about children who are not diagnosed, maybe on spectrums, or children who are in the spectrum. So you could have maybe seven, eight, nine-year-old without a disability ticket that might need to park in the parent and child spaces as it's a necessity in case the child has a meltdown, they're near the door. A lot of the children don't like to walk far distances. They don't like rain, you know, so it's not just about people with buggies and car seats. For me, I think it's about a wide range of needs. Are you talking from experience here, I wonder? I am, yeah.
1: Yeah, And have you have you parked there and got grief from people for doing it?
11: I haven't got grief. I've gotten looks, but um, I work with children in July Provision, so I would park in the parent and child spaces as we're near the door to get into the shopping centre. You're a special needs
1: assistant, out. right? So you'd be working yeah. with children all of the time like yes, this. yeah. All the time. And are you yeah. conscious when you're doing it and the reasons why you do it, that people might react?
11: I'm not conscious because if someone approaches me, I'll tell them exactly why I'm there, and I'm sure most people in society will be very understanding. Um. I haven't been approached. I, I have gotten looks, sorry, because you might have an eight-year-old or seven-year-old and they'd be saying maybe that's a little bit too big to be parking there because sometimes you can't see um, a need. It's not physically yeah, there yeah. to see.
7: Yeah.
11: But um, no, no one has said anything to me yet, but if they did, I would. But I do think this parent and child space should be, the reason should be broadened, not just about car seats getting in and out or a buggy, you know, it yeah. should be about all needs of children.
1: Yeah, it's and actually it raises another very relevant point, the fact that you could have a nine-year-old still undiagnosed. I mean, it's a seriously broken health system we have.
11: It is a broken health system and a lot of these children who are high-functioning would be late-diagnosed because their diagnosis would be kind of hidden and masked and they could mirror other behaviours. Mm. So, you know, sometimes then it's not until you actually go to like the likes of a shopping centre where... The child would have a meltdown and those things are big things for these children. Like, you know, they need to be kind of near the door that they can access the car. And sometimes if it rains, you could have a meltdown if the if the rain touches them, you know, you don't know what way it's gonna go. you so think if, parent.
1: If, would rain do that, yeah, as well?
11: Well, and it, it's sensory, you know. So anything really can set anything any meltdown off. And the nearer you are to your car.
1: Or a car passing in traffic in a shopping (laughs) centre or the beeping of a horn or something? It could be
11: anything, it could be anything at all, another child crying, you know, anything could set it off. Good all point. children are different they yeah. all have different sensory needs as well points. Even, so. well,
1: made. Yeah. Well, well made thanks Colette appreciate it keep doing okay. what you, you do thank, thank you thank for your work I uh, got an email in from, from Nicole actually just on, on a similar topic to this and she works for the Cope Foundation she said I wanted to introduce myself and tell you about a community event that they're running soon in Cope she said you'll, be, you'll probably be aware already with, with regards to Cope that we do work here in the Cork community we support 2800 people with an intellectual disability and or autism and they help 2800 people to live a life of their choosing. And this Saturday uh, at the Cope Foundation in Ross Barra which is a residential location, Saturday the 22nd of July this Saturday they're hosting a Zumba fun day. Zumba is high energy workouts based on dance and the aim and goal of the event is to create community links and raise funds for people we support so it's a fundraising event and they asked me would i give them a shout out this morning on the air so on saturday it's a zumba fun day at cope in ross barra Um, and the support that they get from people does a lot of good work empowering people to live their lives their way but also the fundraising income helps them to achieve that they'll be able to purchase much needed resources and equipment for their daycare and their residential centers so thanks for getting in touch nicole and again, congratulations and well done on the terrific work that you and everybody at Cope Foundation does. So Saturday at uh, Ross Barra, a residential location within Cope Foundation, are having a Zumba Fun Day. Now you're aware of it. Back after the break.
3: Get it off your chest. Call Neil Brenderville now on 0818 104 Red FM.
1: Okay, lots more calls between now and midday. I just want to turn back to a story that we dealt with online. I was talking on air last week with Jay Hunter from Child Online Protection and Forces in Northern Ireland, who caught an alleged paedophile sex offender. I say alleged because the Garda Shikon are involved now at this stage. We'll have to allow them to do their work. But this happened in Cork last week, and there was a a big community turnout on the north side when people found out who potentially was living amongst them, and people got very irate and angry. There was many Gardaí called, actually, because the man involved had to go back to get a suit co- suitcase of clothes and leave again. We do not know where he has gone. Um, I actually have no update in that regard whatsoever. Except that when we were talking with Jay Hunter, he was telling us how it works. They, they, they plant decoys, and the decoys, who aren't children but pretend to be children, sit and wait for potential paedophiles or sex offenders... Um, to get in touch one of them is uh, is danny houston who joins me by phone danny good morning
12: morning you're right
1: thanks for calling thank you for taking the call i should say i'm good thanks but very interested in how you go about your work can you share what you do
12: um yes so first of all we've got um, a website that we run called ukdatabase.org we actually store over 104,000 sex offenders Murderers, animal abusers on there, and 1,300 of those are actually in Ireland. Um, We also run a sting and decoy team um, where we have a team of decoys who sit there and wait for predators to approach them. So, the
1: 104,000 that you have on your database, are they suspected or convicted?
12: No, they're convicted.
1: Convicted?
12: Yep, and 1,300 of them are in Ireland.
1: 1,300? Okay, okay. So a typical sting: how does it operate? How do you set it up? How long does it take?
12: Um, we have a team of decoys who sit there and we'll wait for predators to approach them. Um, they have to make the first move. They have to message fast. Um, we will never message someone fast. But just
1: rewinding a little bit from that: do you do you build a fake profile on Instagram or Facebook or
2: what? Yes
12: are placed on social media. Um, I'm not going to name the social medias that they're on, um, but they are placed there and they sit there, they lay dormant until these people approach them.
1: Okay, okay. And then they are approached with um, some sort of, uh, instigating some conversation or something, is it?
12: Yeah, a lot of them, um, they turn the conversation sexual, uh, with these, what they believe to be children. Uh, we'll then gather the evidence, we hand it over to the police after we sing them.
1: But before any of that happens, let's talk about the content of the communication back and forth. Does this um, alleged paedophile pretend to be a child?
12: Sorry, say that again. Do
1: they pretend also to be children?
12: Yes, yeah, some of them will pretend to be children and that's where um, our like tracking teams and research teams will, will then come into play. Uh, it's our job to define to whether or not they are actually children or if they're adults.
1: So the minute it becomes sexual, it doesn't start that way, though, I'd imagine. No, they'd be very yeah, sly. A
12: lot, a lot of them groom these children, or what they believe to be children, for long periods of time.
1: Yeah. In what way?
12: In what way? They can promise them money, gifts. Um, they gain their trust. Some of them can take months, some of them only a matter of days.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as <laughs> as they're grooming, does it become apparent that they're adults trying to groom or... We know, will have it, to
12: figure that out straight away. We can't risk speaking to a child. So our first initial contact with them, we, we will research the account and see who's behind it. Um, we can't risk speaking to a child. So that's our, one of our first missions is to figure out whether it's a So yeah, So you, obviously
1: you, you, you're, not, you're not at all interested in the genuine. No, but, no, 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 no. But at some stage it crosses into the criminality. What happens then?
12: Um, well, like I said, we'll start building a case on this person once they'll go sexual. Um, we build an evidence um, and then we'll sting this person and hand them over to the police.
1: When you say sting them, typically how does that happen?
12: Uh, We intercept them. Um, A lot of them will set up a meet with this child um, and then we will go instead.
1: And that meet would be on the basis of going shopping or hanging out or, you know, going for some... The child. Oh, I know that, but they, would they they actually say that?
12: Yes, they'd say that, yes.
1: I mean, I, like, I mean, there must be a want in them to do stuff like that, or even to say it, knowing that they're talking to a child. Mother of God! But they must feel they must feel one hundred percent safe.
12: Um. Yeah, a lot of us, it's it's really really scary to see how safe some of these people do feel speaking to children.
1: Do you attend the sting?
12: Yes, I do.
1: Okay. Um. You you obviously managed to find, like. A, because in, in some cases, you actually go to their home. How do, how do you find that out? I'm not going to give that information. Right. So but you, afraid. you do manage to get the information.
12: Yeah, um, we do have tracking teams. We have some very, very good people in the hunting community um, that, are, that do hunt these people down. Um, they track them. and we, If we can't get them on a the meet, if they don't turn up to a meet, then we will go to their addresses.
1: Sometimes it can be at their address or sometimes it can be at a place of their choosing because they're thinking they're meeting a child, but they get
12: yeah, they get once...
1: The, s- yeah, what?
12: In Cork. Um, he actually arranged to meet with the
1: child. Which one was that? The recent one?
12: Yeah, the recent one in Cork. Yeah. He arranged um, the 12-year-old in Cork, I believe it was at the bus station.
1: At the bus station, yeah.
12: Yeah, but yeah. so he actually backed out of that, so we ended up finding his address and going to his address.
1: okay. How did he react?
12: I wasn't actually at the thing. Yeah. Um,
1: How do they wasn't... typically react? Are there, is it all different ways?
12: Um, a lot of them will tend to deny it. Uh, some of them will kick off. Some of them will admit that they're wrong and apologise um, and beg for forgiveness. <clears throat> um, it fully depends on the person. You can never determine what it's going to be like when you turn up.
1: So at that stage after that, and this is all filmed, of course, isn't
12: it? Yes, yeah. it was filmed. We film it just so that it's
1: evidence for court. Yeah. And then at that stage, you would call, say, the police in Northern Ireland or the UK or on Garda at Chicana in the Republic?
12: Yeah, we'll, we'll call the police as soon as we turn up on scene. Um, and then while we're running our thing, the police will actually be on their way. Okay. When they turn up, we'll hand over all the evidence and then they'll, they'll arrest the suspect.
1: And what is your relationship with the authorities like, with the Gardaí or the police? Is it good?
12: Well, we haven't actually done any work in Ireland yet. This is our first thing there. Um, But our relationship with the police here, um, it's relatively good.
1: They're happy with your work and they're happy with your efforts, I'd imagine. We
12: get praise from quite a lot of the police here. Some of them don't like the work we do. Some of them believe we're giving them extra work.
1: How could it be extra work to take sex offenders out of the community? Yeah. Yeah, And you you have a website where people can actually search and bring up, tell me about that, convicted paedophiles.
12: Yeah, we have over 104 convicted sex offenders, paedophiles, child murderers, animal abusers. Um, This is something that's been built up over the last 12 to 15 years by our founder, Chris Whitworth. Um, He personally adds them on every day to his website. Um, You can go on there, you can search your area or you can search by name. Um, So, if any concerned parents want to know who's living in that area, they can go on there and search on there.
1: And do people do that? Yes, it's a very good tool. Okay, but does it have any downside to it that it could lead to vigilanteism or people taking the law into their own hands? I'm wondering.
12: I guess so. Yeah. Uh, We don't condone anyone going and taking the law into their own hands. Um, Paedophile hunting groups work within the law. Um, We don't condone any violence towards any any predators. And this leads me on to the next conversation I want to speak to about the sting in Cork with people rioting. Um, We want to be looking at coming to Ireland and doing some work there for um, hunting pedophiles. But in order for us to be able to work there, we need to have the help from the people. um, They need to work with us. And we need to not riot outside their houses. And we can't condone any, any violence towards the Preds.
1: But you can kind of understand people's anger because this is a local community with children. What?
12: I can understand why people would be angry. I wouldn't want to wake up and find out that I was a paedophile living next door to me. Mm. Mm. Mm.
1: It it got a bit out of hand though, you're aware of that with bottles and everything being thrown and a guard being injured.
12: Yeah, I do understand the people's anger um, but in order for us to be able to do the work we do and that we're looking at doing in the future we need the local people to be able to work with us as well. Um, And... If people riot or anything happens to the Preds, then we, we won't be able, we'll lose a conviction. They won't get charged and they're made a victim.
1: People were very angry that this, and again, this is an allegation, it must go before the courts and there must be an investigation. Yes. You know more about that than I do. Of course you do. Yes. But um, And people were very angry. They were angered that after he was gone, he was brought back again in to, uh, to pack a suitcase and everything, and it just made matters worse, you know?
12: I'm not sure why they would have let him go back there.
1: It did happen, though.
12: Yeah, I know, I saw. I'm not sure why they would have done that, knowing the anger in the community and why they wouldn't have found a suitable place to bail him to.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and tell me, what 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 motivated you, Danny, to do the work that you do?
12: Um, I actually have a paedophile in my family. It's <clears throat> something that's close to, close to my heart. Um a lot of people that do this, you'll find their survivors themselves with some sort of abuse um, or have someone in their family that was abused. Yeah, yeah.
1: And on that basis, you want to do work, good work to help those that have or prevent yeah, others from being. Yeah, yeah. And do you hope to do more work in Ireland?
12: Definitely, yeah. We're going to be, me and Jay Hunter from COPE, we're going to be looking at starting a team that's going to be Ireland-based. Um. We want to work with the guards there um, and the government, hopefully, and work with them, not against them. Um, there's a need for child protection, obviously, in Ireland. Um, I don't think we can actually name a running team down there.
1: But you did but say not- that you need help from local people, say, in the Greater yeah. Cork area. How how do you need help? With what?
12: Uh, we'll be looking for people to join a team um, as decoys.
1: OK, OK. <laughs> Okay, so if there's somebody listening now that would like to do the work that you're doing, become a decoy, get involved, how can they go about it?
4: Uh,
12: We have a Facebook page, it's UK Database. Um, If you want to drop us a message on there, we'll be able to get back to you. And uh, you'll be fully trained by myself or someone from the team.
1: UK Um, Database, is that a website?
12: It's on Facebook, we have a Facebook page.
1: Okay, okay. Well, let's see if there's any uptake here in the greater Cork area. But do stay in touch, particularly if there are any developments with regards to setting up an Irish branch or indeed um, maybe a, yeah, a unit in the for, Cork area. Out
12: after Christmas, I believe. Well, pardon me. We're gonna roll it out after Christmas. Okay. I well
1: undoubtedly we'll be talking before then. Thanks for taking the call, Danny. Appreciate it. Much oh. obliged to you. Take
10: care.
1: Take care. That's Danny Newson, who's the head decoy with the UK database. And last week I was talking with Jay Hunter who runs COPE, as she said. COPE stands for Child Online Protection Enforcers, Northern Ireland, who caught the alleged offender in Cork last week. It was a it was a, a Northside incident and obviously for very relevant reasons I wasn't naming the estate or the area of the north side but people got very angry and clearly very upset Um, and I know that um, that would be Cork independent councillor Ken O'Flynn's parish who joins me by phone by whatsapp Ken good morning
13: good morning Neil how are you this morning
1: in all the paperwork that you sent me and you sent me loads all sorts of different recommendations for this that and the other none of it from what I can see mentions the fact that the public should know who's living amongst them
13: Well, that's the reality of it, Neil. When it comes to Irish laws on protection of children, we're very, very poor. Uh, both nationally and internationally. And I've written to the Minister of Justice and asked her to re-look at the introduction of the idea of either the Megan's Law or the Sarah Law in the United Kingdom, the Megan Law, which was the which was the register of sex offenders. Like, Neil, we, we, it's been announced on your programme. I've spoken about it. We can get figures from the Department of Justice that will tell us that there are 600 registered sex offenders in the north side of Cork that are on a sex offenders list.
1: So from, that means there'll be six hundred on the north side wait, who would have been convicted no. and possibly done time. Uh, correct, correct. Did they get? And, you know, would they have what, got the, treatment for what, it, or, what, or will they always be a will they always be a that's risk? Information. That's information.
13: Some are high risk the Gardaí have that information who's high risk and who's not high risk you can't I've I've looked for it on a number of occasions I can't find out how many high risk cases are in for instance in, in, in Cork North Central or how many high risk cases are in Cork South Central I can't get that information but I do know that there are 600 um, 600 uh, sex offenders living in in my constituency at the moment and I don't know whether that they're That they're, they're, they're high end to low end Now this could be a guy. This, could you know, uh, people can end up in the sex offenders list for for all sorts of reasons, okay. uh, for, for 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 minor crimes to, to high to high crimes. You know, yeah, I, I believe in the UK, people end up in the sex offenders list um, for for exposing themselves on the street, and that means that, you know a guy that could be peeing down the side lane. But nope, Megan's, law, be... Megan's Law,
1: Megan's yep. Law, this is the American version of the law, isn't it? Allows Megan's Law
13: is the American one. Sarah's Law is the UK, one, which which, which, which one allows one.
1: the community to know.
13: Yeah, it'll al- look. It allows you to apply online and have real time connection to say if your child is engaged with somebody or is ch- chatting to somebody online or is chatting to somebody um, in the community. It allows you to check out if you're if you're suspicious of somebody in your community that you can apply and you will have real time connection with somebody in, in Scotland Yard okay. in the UK for instance That will give you that information in real time, saying yes, this person is on the sex offenders list.
1: Okay, so who does have access to that list at the moment? The, the Gardaí the
13: have access to that list. And I know the local Gardaí have access to that list. When somebody is high potential, now I've spoken to superintendents about this, when somebody is high potential of reoffending, and they are watched. They are, there is a, a, a situation within the guard station where they're, they're keeping a, a check or keeping an eye out on that particular person. There may be requirements that that person has to present themselves on a daily basis or on a weekly basis to the Gardaí um, and that's that's how it's worked. No, look, you know as yeah. you know, well as I do how how it's difficult to get the guards to to the phone in certain guard stations at the moment because they're so under resourced because there's such a lack of guards out there. So you know. We'll, we'll take it as what, what we're being told by the superintendents but the reality is, is that Garda resources are so overrun there's bound to be a situation where people slip through the cracks Okay
1: so then the work of say for instance uh, Child Online Protection Services Forces from Northern Ireland this is the paedophile hunting groups yeah. and the other one in the UK do you think they do good work
13: I do. Um, look, uh, I suppose we're dealing with a different time now. Um, you know, we were always kind of told as kids, stay away from that person. He's a bit strange or a bit, as you know, there was different words used at the time that are politically incorrect now that you'd be afraid to use. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, um, but now things have moved online. Things have moved so fast, uh, Neil, it's, it's unbelievable. But do we need
1: paedophile hunter groups?
13: I'd love to say we don't I'd love to say we don't but there you go there was a situation in, in the north side of the city where there was a potential that there was a child going to be met at a bus station you know that's the reality is that, that these like whatever these groups are doing hunting the paedophiles there's a group of paedophiles out there hunting young children and the
1: ones that yes. are on the list we already know about or at least the law does yes. but the others nobody yes. knows anything about but
13: there's ple- I, correct Correct, and you see the access now. The the world has become extremely small, and um, the access not only to the web but the dark web as well. Um, we do know that there is paedophile rings we do know that there are people that are uh, you know, you you look at the prosecutions that have happened over the last number of years, people that of all walks of life, from judiciary down um, are involved in swapping photographs and videos of young children being abused, that's the way life has gone. Last week
1: we were talking on the air about children and young people in care being preyed upon cars pulling up outside Tusla uh, designated homes or care settings waiting for them to come out promising yeah. them money and clothing and shoes and drink and drugs.
13: Look, we're, we're living we're living in a time where, which is frightening. And there's, look, the reality is, Neil, that there's an awful lot of evil out there in the world. There's an awful lot of evil people, sick, deranged, evil people. And I know, look, I don't have children, but I know I have a niece and I have a nephew. Uh, we have another nephew on the way. Um, look, you know... These are innocent children that you'll do everything to protect. Well,
1: unfortunately, <laughs> social media and access to the internet no. has changed the world as we know and, it. And look, I, ha- I have
13: seen it. My, my own niece, she's seven years of age. She can work every electronic device. She's the only person that can fix the computer, yeah. and fix the television. Yeah. And, yeah. and she's a mobile phone, and she's 10 times ahead of us in the house you know but if people and were to know there right people praying
1: okay, so if it, because there was a confrontation and people got angry in the north side which is your constituency area last yes. week if there was a list where people knew where everybody was won't they be attacked or burnt out or innocent people okay. or other family members victimized
13: well, the the information that I'm getting from the UK and the information that I'm getting from from the United States, which is very well rehearsed, are uh, very well researched uh, at this stage because it's the the laws have been in Megan's law has been in for almost twenty years, over twenty years actually in the in in the United States and Sarah's law, almost the same. Like we haven't had huge incidents where there's vigilantism going around. And 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 attacking people for for crimes that they've uh, that they've committed in the past, mm. it does put you on on alarm and saying that okay, this person is a person that you don't want your kids involved with. You don't want your kids. You don't want that person training kids when it's going to when they're going to swimming or going to rugby no. I know that, to, but I
1: spoke but with people. You know, I know all absolutely. of that, but I spoke with people last week who said that if this particular individual, and this is an allegation until proven otherwise, that he would be hurt if he went back into the community again.
13: Look, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of trust issues. Um, I, I think in that particular case, I think there would be um, there there would be um, an attack, uh, and that's why he's been taken out of the community and kept out of the community. Um, I don't know. I don't have the full facts of where he is or where, what he's doing at yeah, the moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, whether he's in in court prison or whether he's being held, or I, I honestly don't know. Um, I feel sorry for that gentleman's wife. And for that gentleman's family, totally. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I've been talking and, and, about
1: their safety in very, the
13: event of people knowing. It's it's very it's very very tough on, on people like that as well, you know. Um, but look, Neil, the, the priority here has to be that we're way behind when it comes to protecting our children, when it comes to having lists available to us in uh, community lists, etc. And and look, you've covered it on a number of occasions on the broadcasting. Um, how many times we're waiting for garda reports back, mm-hmm. and how long it's taking for the garda check? to Ah,
1: uh, well, you can't, you know, that you know? Is, you, that can't be put at the feet of acting serving garda. That's a much no, no, bigger no, it's problem. Not, it's
13: it's it's a huge, and then, as I said, it's a huge lack of resources. Yeah. I know I, I, I have a very good friend who, believe it or not, he, we, we both started off in the theatre world. He, I I went into politics, and he works for the same
1: thing, at, really, politics but, and theatre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. I,
13: um, I don't know. It's all acting, Ken. It's all, can. all can. acting. Show. Show business, show business for ugly people. Um, <laughs> he, he, ended up, he ended up actually in Scotland Yard and we're still very good friends today, you know. And, like, you know, what amazes me is even how they run their Garda checks or their equivalent um, compared to us. You know, it's all database. It's all twenty-four hour service. It's all getting that information as quickly out into the community. Mm. Uh, and you know, it, it doesn't mean that Neil Prenderville has to have twenty-five guarded checks. Um, mm. One guard check will cover you from in the UK. One guard, one police check will cover you from Scotland to Wales. And do they and have and these all, conversations
1: yeah. at a national level? Do you know, with regards to a Sarah's law or a Megan's law? Do they have these conversations no, I, in all
13: I'd love I'd look I'd love I'd love if it was brought to the floor, All Erin. I've asked the minister to review it again. I've said that we're way behind when it comes to when it comes to children protection and ch- children protection. But don't you laws. think they should as, be as having these been,
1: conversations? Absolutely. Instead of absolutely. having all of these conversations about so called no. hate crimes where people are afraid to open their mouth look there's
13: a lot of nonsense going on at the moment and there's a lot of there's a lot of talk going on at the moment of silly things and minor things and talking about flip-flops and talking about and we're, get, we're getting an awful lot in for t- entertainment out of RT at the moment right but the reality is that there's bigger problems out there in the community yeah. there are serious problems that are not being addressed by government Okay, okay. and this is one of them All this right. is
1: one of them thank you for that let's get some more calls Got and texts on it take care that's uh, independent councillor Ken O'Flynn talking about political correctness gone mad uh, not my words but certainly I did mention a story this morning uh, where uh, Puck Fair, the King Puck, will only spend a little time now up on the top of his, his throne. It's a huge, big scaffolding. It goes right up into the sky. very, very high. And up on top of it, there is a platform that is barricaded off with steel poles and inside in it a lot of straw. And the puck goat goes up there and he's up there for three days and nights. That's going to change because every year there's a lot of pushback about that. And it would seem that the committee now have decided to significantly reduce the amount of time that the king goat will spend elevated upon the platform. So instead of staying up there all of the time, watched by a vet, fed and watered and what have you, up above and this goes back to the 1600s, incidentally, Um, because of the concerns of members of the public with regards to the goat's welfare, organisers have confirmed they will now take a different approach. So the goat, King Puck, will no longer stay on the stand for three days and nights, but it will instead be raised for a brief period after the initial coronation at the start, which would be the Friday. So up he'll go for a brief period and then down again. I don't know where he goes for the rest of the Puck Festival. He might go around visiting pubs. I've seen seen donkeys and horses walk out of the pubs in Kilorgland, so it wouldn't be surprised to see a goat. But then you go back up again for another little while at the end for the fair's closing ceremony. Texter says, Sickened by the victory of the PC-ism secured for itself with the Puck Fair. These absolute do-gooder killjoys are the exact types that go around looking for absolutely anything wholesome or traditional to just tear down and destroy. The puck is probably one of the hardiest animals on the planet and lives happily in conditions that would wipe out any amount of these vegan-esque hippies that say they're concerned about the puck. If anything, the puck fair is a holiday for the puck. This decision is a sad day for Ireland. Your thoughts on that, text 0868104106. And one other one. You talk of political correctness, things are gone mad. Did you hear about Disney and the Snow White film? It's just ridiculous. I vaguely remembered something about the changes with regards to the storyline of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And Claire tells me that last year, when the remake was announced, actor Peter Dinklage said he was taken aback at the idea of still using dwarves and that it would be a backward story about seven dwarves living in a cave together. So from now on... The seven characters will simply be average-sized people. I see a lot of that in the movies, actually. I was reading something in The Telegraph a couple of weeks ago where they were saying that there is a pushback within the acting community that only black people, and this probably makes sense because back in the day, a lot of them were painted faces, but only black people should play black parts. White people should play white parts. And this would be... I don't know how this would impact historically because you're noticing an awful lot more now historical dramas where the colour of the character's skin does not relate to the core character of the original person that the movie is about. So that's changing in that regard. But equally, um, the Jewish community, certainly within the acting profession, are saying that non-Jewish people should not be allowed to play Jewish parts in films. So that would heavily impact on a lot of films, of course, that would have maybe a Jewish or religious significance. Anyway, a text to welcome, text 868 Now,
3: the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM.
1: Talking of summer, we continue to give away summer family passes to dozens and dozens of wonderful locations where you can take the family for a day out. Over the summer period. Ballycotton Lights Out, Lighthouse Springs to Mind, uh, Blarney Castle and Gardens is another one. Cape Clear Ferries, Clonakilty Black Pudding Visitor Centre, Cove City Bus, uh, Cove Heritage Centre, Cork City Bus Tours, we did that last week, the City Jail. This morning we feature Cork Harbour Boat Hire. These are self drive boat tours. So you're taking family or friends to cove out on the water for a day filled with fun and adventure these are very easy to drive boats very simple to navigate you'll drive your own they're like little mini ribs or little mini plastic speed boats for groups of all ages and you head off in your own pace and you do your own thing they're an hour long And you'll get training before you set out on the water and each boat accommodates up to five people. If you want to get on with it yourself and book them yourself, you can do so at CorkHarborBoatHire.com. And we have five family passes for that to give away this side of midday as we continue to give away family passes to enjoy the summer. Big thank you from those that won Roosters Piri Piri on Friday. We won the Free Food Friday last week and we just wanted to thank you and Roosters Piri Piri. You brought so much fun and excitement into our day we loved every minute of last Friday. Thanks again, Neil. Love the show. It says Alish and all the girls in Dairy Gold Accounts Payable Department. Barman. it's always lovely when people come back. He's about the meat content of sausages this morning. And boy, can they vary. Boy, can they vary. They really can. I mean, if we came to the program late this morning, it was telling you that it can be as low as 55% pork in a galti sausage to as high as 90% pork in a Marks and Spencer sausage, 85% then with de Reuchte, And then you have others then with 70% and 60% and 55% and 57% or whatever. But there's a big difference in one case between, say, Marks and Spencer and Denny. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not 50% more pork in a m but it's not far off it. Neil and team, you also then ended up talking about chicken nuggets or chicken goujons. A few top brands of frozen breaded chicken breast says they contain 100% chicken. But if you read the ingredients, it will also say 40% chicken breast. It's very misleading. Basically, the 100% chicken breast makes up less than half of the ingredients. They do technically contain 100% chicken, but only 40% of the product is chicken breast, says Anthony. That can be quite alarming, actually, because you've got this story that's been going around for years as to what exactly goes in uh, to a chicken nugget. Anyway, text 0868104106 on that one. Now, go back to my phone lines, because as usual, we end up touching a nerve on different topics that people are affected, some of it has to do with parking and the availability of disability spaces or parent and child spaces. Thomas, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Happy, happy to talk to more people on this and also some texts as well. What have you got for me?
7: Well, I have a different angle on it, Neil, is that I am an, uh, an old age pensioner. I'm in my 78th year and I have uh, uh, serious disabilities with my, with, with my mobility. Yeah. Do but you I
1: have do- a badge? Do you have a disability pass?
7: I don't have a disability park, a badge.
1: Nor a, nor a park pass either. No.
7: I have I have a park permit.
1: Okay. All right.
7: Right. So I can park outside my own area. Now I don't go shopping in town, and I don't use, I don't use the the, the disabled parking base anywhere around town or in any of the shopping centres in town. But I do go outside the town.
1: Do you walk with an aid?
7: I walk with a walking stick.
1: And why don't you use the spaces that you're fully entitled to use?
7: Let me explain to you. Is that I have a sticker on my windscreen that says not all disabilities are visible.
1: Yeah, I'm listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
7: the sticker that I have. And I purchased that from Amazon about five or six years ago when I was having problems with my hip and my mobility. And it came in a package with a key. And the key is for, for disability toilets that you can use anywhere in Europe or anywhere in Ireland.
1: A key that will open disability loos. Are they locked or something?
7: They, well, they are, yeah. Some of them are.
1: And have you, you u- have you used the Amazon key to open them?
7: I have, yes. I okay. used it in Wexford and I used it in Westport.
1: It's like a master key. Does it open anything
7: else? No, no. It just opens the. It just opens the disability key. Okay. The disability toilet.
1: Okay, but unless I'm missing something, I still don't know why you don't use the spaces. But you put up a sticker saying not all disabilities are visible, but yours is. Yes. If you walk with an aid,
7: I do. But the, the other side of it is, I I I, 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 I kind of, I kind of like my independence a small. But right. No, where I go, where I go shopping, if there's, if there's, there's half a dozen disability bays and if they are empty, I will go in there with my sticker, and I will get out because I need to be close to the shop because I need uh, because obviously if I, I I live on my own and when I'm using a trolley, I can't be walking around with with, with, a, with a trolley. You know, with, with my disability. I understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. So have you but, two stickers up then, the blue badge and the other one?
7: No, I do, I don't have a blue badge. I don't have a blue badge. No, I could apply for it, but then I'm saying there's a lot of other people out there that need it more than I do. And I only go shopping once every three weeks, and I go at a time, say between half past three and five o'clock, to a certain area down outside the city, where there's plenty of parking spaces there. And if I move into a, into a disability b, and if there's another car there, I will park there. But if there's two cars there, I will not park there.
1: Okay, I I'm not going to try and change your mind on that. You seem set in your ways there, so
7: um, yeah. It, but uh, but the th- the thing about it is like yeah I you come
1: along there. and you find someone whose able bodies is parked on it and they saunter off to do their
7: shopping yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you would you would but I wouldn't I would uh, I, like if 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 I drive into that park and there and if just suppose there's six parking and there and just supposing that there's four cars there I will not park there I will move away yeah, all right. I don't move in I know, okay, there's right. plenty of parking space okay, there all right
1: OK, but what if there's no parking space in it's way at the back wall and you've got a long, long walk and you're hugging bags and, well, and pushing tra- a trolley?
7: I'll try and wait until I can get as close as I can to the door that somebody might move out of an ordinary yeah, yeah.
1: I think this has much to do with you preserving and holding on to your independence as anything else, wouldn't you think? That-
7: that's it. That, that's, it.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So yeah. it's a frame of mind, actually. It's a positive mental attitude you're trying to keep going it with. It is, yeah. Because I, know.
7: I, feel, I feel myself that if I, if I get the disability sticker and I put on the windscreen, it means that, like, OK, I can go in town, I could park in Patrick Street, I could park anywhere, in the, anywhere I want. I don't want to be doing that.
1: Yeah. And you know when I, you have a blue badge, can you park anywhere for as long as you want?
7: I think you can, yeah. Okay. I think I think you can. Okay. I think you, as long as you have the blue badge, I okay. think you can, all right. you can okay. pack all day if you want to. All right. I think you can do that.
1: Thanks Thomas. Let me talk to Marie. Marie, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Um you've got an interesting story to tell because you are elderly using a Zimmer frame.
4: Um, I'm I'm sixty-five years of
1: age. Oh, so you're not all that elderly. No, you're not. No, but i was a Zimmer frame. A Zimmer frame. Okay. Is and that is that arthritis? Arthritis. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. And
4: I get the bus. And if you get on the bus, you could have three buggies. One would walk stairs, and he the buggy downstairs. One we sit with, with a buggy, and one we take over with reach for the buggy. You can't sit down. And the bus driver keeps on insisting bring on suitcases, electric scooters. If one of these days there'll be a bike on it. And name and ride in Biana. But, um, it accident in the square, And lo and behold, I'll be 66 next year, next next December. Yeah. And God bless City Council. We'll put up my rent before I even get the cup of the pot.
1: They're going to put your rent up.
4: Yes, when you when, you're when you go from the old age pension from the disability onto the old age pension, Cook City Council will pull up your ring. Go to the city library bank in and town. There's a gentleman up in there, We go upstairs and get me the book I want. Yeah. Right?
3: Yeah.
4: There's no disability. You walk the steps there. There's no disability. Even for a book, you can't get in there. Yeah,
1: yeah,
4: yeah. And... Well, we can access for coxity counter to mind the Freemasons, they can do what they like. <laughs> but no. and then lo and behold, you're on the same money as a person on the door. You get a rent of them or you get a feud of them, and if you're living alone, they are actually get it as well. yeah. But the only thing is, I'm paying nine quid a week for my medication. Yeah. And then when I'm seventy low, they only charge me a euro for every medication. That's I right, yeah. In, I bought the, a big swag of it was, for
1: a person it, last week. I was inciting the chemist and all sorts of things. And she says to me, that's one euro, please. Said, what? One no, it's one please. euro per item when uh, you're 70. Yeah. It's
4: 150 per item if you're over 70. Okay. So if you get if you get four items, it's 150 for every item you get. But that's fantastic. Oh, of God. It's fantastic. When you're living... And a hundred, two hundred and seventeen euros a week. I
1: know. That's the way it should be because as people get older, unfortunately, some get sicker and they couldn't afford. I mean, you go into a chemist and it's like a lottery. You have no idea how much anything's going to cost you.
4: I know, but the person on the door will get the same thing.
1: And you don't think they should, no?
4: Well, if they're capable of working, get out to work. Get out to work?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
4: sorry. S- we can't because they—they it, it could be, uh, you know, psychiatrically disturbed. Well, if they're psychiatric disturbed, put them on disability.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're if you're on long-term empl- unemployment benefit and you're capable of working, get out to work, and don't be taking yeah. everything as a handout. I think everyone would agree with that. Get a job. But sometimes, sometimes they- the jobs pay so badly. That you'd be better off staying on the dole You'd have the medical well, card Well i tell
4: you this much No
1: Rent alone, I'd children's love to allowance. spend
4: a couple of hours Inside the kitchen Because I love cooking Yeah And I do it for nothing
1: Would
4: you? Just get and get a bit of cooking Because isolation And lonely And that's why it's called living alone by. You're totally isolated And cut off from everything
1: Yeah Yeah And do you feel that way?
4: I tell you this much Jesus, you know some I worked on me like these children worked out me like and even if I went on inability with the cock operation, I'd be paying more than when I was on disability.
1: So would you would you like to get out more and get a job?
4: I would boy, I would and I do for nothing. Would you? I do for nothing just to get out the house, right,
1: no. And are you are you are you a good cook?
4: Oh Jesus, I'd I'd go to the Dolly and I'd poison the whole that. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and, and you could use the sub- bus pass to
1: go up to get the free train up to Baudelaire and then poison the lot of them, put something in the soup.
4: get uh, their food is subsidised. I know, to buy, to get a cup of tea up there for yo-yo. Yeah, a yo-yo. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great because this country is for the gentry, the elite. Elite. When you get on, when you get
1: on a bus though, if it's because you say the buses are packed, would somebody get up and let you sit down in a crowded bus?
4: How could anyone get get up when you have the two people that own one buggy upstairs because they won't sit with you? There's another girl sitting on buggy on the other side, and if someone there's another girl in the buggy, one person got up and let me sit down. This other woman got on next to me with a bloody suitcase. This fellow the room with an electric scooter. What a day Peppa Pig would be on the bus. <laughs> and they'd get for Peppa Pig, is But go ahead, David and Ryan. He wouldn't come down. If you want to go down to Bandon, right? yeah. get the bus down to Bandon, Said Bandon, lovely place, and, and get the bus back up. It's 2A, 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 2 it doesn't say, this is going, blah, blah, this is going. And I said to my man down Bandon, I said, oh, he said, you can get on them. That's the English bus, that's the gold bus, but they'll take the disability. But then, the still The English the bus. bus. Why would
1: you call it the English bush bus?
4: Because the gold buses are an English company. Right. Neil. Yeah, and you, They're nothing enough. But I, even at that... Would you be slow to I get say, on an
1: English bus, is it?
4: Uh, uh, no, I said, the gold buses are English buses, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. But yeah. even trying to get on with them... They put your in, in underneath the thing. And then you have to climb up these stairs. These just like an escalator, boy.
1: I know. It's tough. It must be tough. Yeah, it is. You should be able to... Be- i
4: this country, they're pure. And you know something? I said to every worker in this country, paramedic, nurses, the whole lot, stop the whole bloody lot and bring that country to hard. And they're at people.
1: But you certainly me, know I, you certainly know I haven't done
4: a million Two half of, Three your you're, you're supposed to Pay some money For every Ministerial post I have yeah. I mean Christ The people in France Wouldn't put up with it No they wouldn't The people in no. Greece I mean if The people in Greece protested, And they had to have Another election We don't need the government The civil We'll do it well,
1: well, I suppose you're right in that regard. We have to wonder actually how many of them are actually working hard in the first place and have we too many of them and are we just a country full of red tape where the elderly become forgotten or they put all sorts of rules and regulations and paperwork and if you trying to slow down, down the things that the you're other, entitled to. You're
4: a lefty, you're a righty and this and that. I don't. You, think wouldn't, be a, you
1: wouldn't be a lefty at all, I'd say, though, Marie.
4: I'd be lefty, righty, and middle, whatever suits me.
1: Yeah, yeah, depending on the day or the time of the day, is and, that? And,
4: and put it this way. What are they going to do if I insult someone? Put me in jail. Try I'd have a in jail. <laughs> I'd have me three meals a day. I'd have my toes washed, all that. me. <laughs> and someone told me I'd even have Netflix.
1: You would have Netflix, you would.
4: He said, um, try to feed that he or Shea. The hungry man, nervous. Try nothing for to do when he's off. Wh- and he'd be repeated. What are you he going to do?
1: Are you lost without Dahi, you are?
4: Well, who... I tell you, why, when you go 50-50, a picture of Dahi, I'll say, well, I'll say to Dahi, send that back up to your son, boy, because he might know who you are.
1: Uh, well, he's going to spend loads of summertime now with the family. But you can watch he, the repeats. No,
4: he do something else. So yeah, he, yeah, you'll be able to, to watch the him rose. on the,
1: the Rose of Tralee. You won't be starved I'd of I'd rather Dahi.
4: watch... I'd rather watch the Gestapo, or no, than watch the
1: documentary Oh, I thought you were a fan. Okay, all right. I'd
4: rather, I'll okay. tell you this much. Oh, well, I'd no, don't say anything don't, H- 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 don't, don't. I'd s- rather watch Adelaide, H- I'd rather no, H- watch... No, 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 don't dry, don't no, don't stop. Don't say noise.
1: anything nasty. This is not a place for nasty name-calling, I Now.
4: I'd rather watch pain. <laughs> Drive. All
1: right. Y- all right? Okay, then watch the Rose of Charlie. Okay.
4: Then okay. watch this, this oak is like your vision? Oh, but Jesus. you don't
1: pay, do you pay a licence fee for the T V?
4: Thank for the God I don't. Because yeah. if I did I'd be up I'd be i they left they lock me up completely. I, I haven't pay, I haven't
1: renewed my television license I yet. I
4: don't either but and the people in this country I was ask you, are I? paying for one, but today it an on RT one. But what if you they get- what if they
1: come out and arrest me or take me to jail or whatever I live the Netflix and everything, but I don't want to go to jail, I- so maybe uh, maybe much. I should just I'll tell pay you it.
4: this much you now. When they can make pictures about the joy, upside oh the joy, that was a great thing. One day there was no criminals. There was no victims from the joy, you know. But no one we'd all go, we log out and we all eh? outside okay. like the, the free free me. <laughs> right. I could you imagine it. Thanks, Marie. Thanks, Marie. Thanks. Jesus, boy. <laughs> Look, after. Look after I'll bring up me, Simon I'll be better than any rifle. All
1: right, okay. All right, take care of yourself.
4: Stay in touch, all right? All, all right. right, but you stay safe now. And if they do lack like you, let the people that cocks know. I'm weak. I mean, they get tear down those walls, break
3: over that prison. Case. we get you out of
1: prison, All right, right Carl. all right, Marie. Thanks a lot. Good luck after the break.
3: Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106. Cork's
1: Red FM. I'll come back to loads and loads of texts on parking. Interesting one here says, for your information, it's not illegal to park in a family car parking space in a supermarket. They are private property and it's completely unenforceable. Also, one could construe it as discrimination that specific spaces are assigned to specific people.' Yeah, well, I I would have thought that it would have been positive discrimination to people who wouldn't be as able-bodied or maybe a parent with a small little baby in a buggy or whatever. Positive discrimination. It may not be, okay, so it may not be enforceable from the point of view of law, but it probably would be morally right to leave the spaces empty for those that really need them. But lads, the revolution has begun. The revolution has begun. Or at least the television revolution has begun. 22% Less people renewed their license fee since the scandal within RTE begun about six or seven weeks ago. So it's showing that 5,837 fewer people paid their license fee over the period that spans the crisis within RTE by compared to this time last year so if you said that this crisis is like six weeks in the making now and that's at a push could be more likely to be three or four weeks that kind of thing that in that space of time 22 percent of people who should have renewed haven't and that's only in the space of a calendar of a month really Uh, so that means that as the rest of the year rolls out how many others will refuse to pay their television license and what happens next so staying with television licenses honest keith keith good morning Hey, those things. all right now, how are you going to manage this one cause it involves uh, your son, I think
14: there you go, Neil and uh, Neil, and it's not that I didn't know you that but criminal com- um, <laughs> just, conviction. i i probably <laughs> I
1: probably will pay it when Bush comes to shove. I'm just not in any huge rush to renew,
14: you know well, well Neil, I got a letter in the door this morning right for me, son, right because I tell you, Neil, he walks abroad all the time, right, but he bought an investment. Neil, okay. and he sold it. He's away right? over in
1: Scandinavia, but he has the pro. Yeah, okay, go ahead.
14: You know, uh, he's in Switzerland at the moment, only. Oh, right? it's
1: Switzerland, sorry, okay.
14: Yeah. Right. So, next of all, uh, uh, the letter stated, Neil, and I know now because I was only in court three weeks ago myself for a TV license, and it stated that somebody called to the house and spoke to my son. Right?
1: Right. He sold and, it uh, three or four years ago, right? Yeah. Okay, go ahead.
14: No, he sold it down there. Ne, ne, about it twelve months ago.
1: Sorry, it says here he's, okay, so your son sold the house and moved abroad.
14: But moved since he abroad. moved abroad, so And this this chap is going around the north side Neil. Yeah. I am not go name any name, no, right? Yeah. And he's saying that he's calling the doors, need, right. right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's that. The T V license co- man. Yeah. I was in court three weeks ago and I asked your man above in the court he could describe my wife he said he was my wife and he couldn't describe but her he
1: can't describe everybody's wife Keith he calls to a lot of different doors no
14: the, the, this is a half what you're going to say there it doesn't matter so when it is are you, are you
1: saying that the television licence inspectors need to make a mental or write down a note of a person's description is it
14: no what I'm saying is that when you go into court you must tell the truth would you were talking to somebody or not? You see, you're That's just you're point. just
1: odd. You're just odd because when you asked him could you describe my wife that he didn't say she's an absolute lasher.
14: I <laughs> said, <laughs> Matter of fact, I didn't know what I said to him. I said, Was she tall? Was she white? Was she narrow? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, so no need we was gonna go to jail no because of this anyway. Uh, well what ha- well, firstly, what happened with your own appearance? I went up, and next to while the wife's name was called out. She was not there at the at the train, Neil, and her name was called out. And I stood up and I asked your men, Neil. I tell you what you are doing, right? They're writing out the summonses before they even come to the door. Did you get? it? Yeah, only yeah, okay. for my dog. Only for my dog, Neil. Right Heard the letterbox going I wouldn't even know Unless somebody called
1: Alright Okay This was If
14: I could put out there need. No I just need to Just because my own head Is there any woman Or man Going up the court With the TV licence And nobody called to them
1: So you're saying That nobody called They just dropped A fine in the dropped door it.
14: No, just dropped it in the door. All right. Only for the dog belt. And I went out to him and I said... to him, I, no I believe you.
1: you. I believe you. But what happened in court?
14: I don't know, Neil. I'll be honest with you. Because I walked over to the court. I just turned around. It was a colony. So you just I left? It I did all a scam." he said. So you left? I left. OK. You see, one might find it on. was the it was up. I mean, if I was up, I wouldn't go into the court. But... I went in because it was the voice. But... You'd probably be arrested. He will. My name is not on the trial, dude. <laughs> OK. So, OK. All right. You're all right with that, then. Arrest the wife, I I'm fine. I would it. Blake, if it was my name that was under someone, there's no way I would have entered the court. All right, OK. Arrest my wife, I don't care. <laughs> so, with the son, then, what happened? Uh, I rang the son this morning. I said, Stephen, I said, there's an old fine after coming in for your TV licence. And you know only talking here it up, he says. Don't worry about it. Because he's let us know when he comes to my house. Do you know what I mean? He has to read the... He had to pay him money to but read the... But he
1: doesn't even own the house anymore, shall I?
2: No. Yeah. So he doesn't own this? Yeah.
14: So he, keeps get,
1: he gets the, the fine or... For the <laughs> television licence for a house he that he no to, longer owns? There
14: you go. He got the fine out this morning to pay the licence or it. he goes to court. Right? So I rang him and he said that I'm not coming back from Switzerland for that, he said. <laughs> <laughs> but but he you know,
1: wait question. a second. What, what? OK, unless he does something about this, he won't go to jail or anything because there was a judge threw out a load of them last week up and yeah, right. Dublin. He threw them all out. And, another, and, and, I, and I heard from the prison service about a fortnight ago that people are no longer being sent to jail. And the main reason they're not being sent to jail is the jails are full. But that he would have a criminal conviction.
14: That's the thing that's killing it, Neil. Because he travels all over the world, you know. He goes America, Switzerland, Finland, all over the place. So if he doesn't and fix
1: this, fi- he technically wouldn't get into America.
14: No, he won't. And that's the strong name. And there's no fixing it because I rang, I rang the company and I told them to come the subcontractor, Neil.
1: Yeah, yeah.
14: yeah. Right on, they're, they're subcont- and I told them, I said, this will ruin... Your man said he called and that's the end of it. Go up to court.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think somebody but
14: that's should... That's I have to do now, I'll I, I go up to court. I think you should,
1: actually, him. because I'd find it very entertaining Keith goes to court again. See what story comes out of that. But sort it out for him because you don't want a criminal conviction because then it'd be no, a I hassle need.
14: trying to get that reversed, you know? I know I should just get a need, but I know. I'm only just wondering need, right? Is there anybody that got court notices and never spoke to the TV? Okay, man? you're
1: you're Stop. alleging that the inspectors are just going around putting fines in the door. Dropping They're not
14: those in the
1: door. Not knocking on the door, ringing not the door. Not knocking the car. No. Let's find out. Have a good one, Keith. Talk again, hey, cheers. By. Bye,
14: be good. Take care yourself. Yes.
1: Text 106. Pick up the phone on 0818 back after the break.
3: The Neil Frendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818 104 106. It might be tomorrow before we get to a line share of
1: the text from already this morning. Ashling standing by, so is me. First up, uh, Marion, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, is your son the bus driver? No, 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 it's my friend's son okay your friend's son right. drives a bus okay go ahead yeah, yeah yeah yeah. go ahead so he's on the I think I think, I think it's a tour two. it's going to the north side anyway right and it also goes down yeah, to the south Torino. side yeah I think, is, right. that, is that a Douglas bus or a Beaumont Blackrock bus something like that Mahan bus no it's, it's going to Not- Ma- Not- Mahan to Knocknohini okay go ahead yeah
0: yeah. so anyway it pulls up into Parachute Street this fella gets on the bus little Jack Russell sticking over his jacket
1: I don't want any names Chris. you know that Right, right. Yeah.
0: So the, the bus driver says, uh, Sorry, lad. No, no dogs. So next year, man starts doing a Stevie Wonder on it. That's your guy dog, boy. That's my guy dog. <laughs> but the bus driver says, It's a shaggy jackass <laughs> <laughs> He
8: says, This is the word that he says,
0: It's what they fucking gave me.
1: Ah, right. <laughs> stop. Will you stop? I heard that one
14: a minute. D-
0: no, I, this is word. No, I
1: heard that before.
0: No, he told us, and we drank our tears laughing.
14: Yeah,
1: but he's telling you a joke that's been doing the rounds. Oh, my God, is that what they gave me? The guide dog is the Jack Russell. He's blaming the Irish Guide Dogs Association for giving him a Jack Russell. I heard it all before. (laughs)
0: That was my first time hearing
1: it now. Did you believe it?
0: (laughs) I I did. I couldn't stop laughing. We were laughing for days (laughs) off.
1: Unless someone legitimately did get on the bus and try the gag.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, he said he started doing the TV Wonder on this Head moving, looking up the ceiling, no, man,
1: yeah. no, 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 no that's, that's the bus driver's party piece I remain to be convinced I that him. it never actually happened Take care Marion, cheers On parking, some people have no respect or manners anymore, full stop When I go shopping with my 2 year old and 6 year old I park in parent parking If it's only me and the 6 year old I'd park in a normal parking space so it's because of the two-year-old, I suppose. It drives me crazy. You see this happening some every day. Something similar happened to us a few weeks ago in Dunn's at Bandon Road. A person squeezed in between ours and the next car. There is a gap. There's a gap. It's not a parking space. It's about half a parking space. And that gap needs to be kept open for people in either disability spaces or in people who have a parent and baby space taken so they can get in and out with buggies. A person squeezed in between ours and the next car. We have twins, so we need to get into the car from both sides. We couldn't get in at all. We would put them both through one the one side and go across the car and tie one in. Disaster makes my blood boil. I thought you were going to tell me you had to get them in through the window. There aren't enough of these spaces anyway and trying to park in a normal space and getting a car seat or a baby out is madness. I don't even look for parent and baby spaces. I try to find one at the end of a row or a similar space with the baby's side of the car. I I met somebody, I think it might have been somebody on the air or something. I remember having a conversation with somebody who straddles two parking spaces and drives a big F-off SUV. I said, why and why do you do that? Uh, because I don't want to get my car scratched. And I said, do you ever get any grief that you park between two spaces? No, and I couldn't care less, never has, I'd ignore it. Um, one other one, it's actually so hard to get a baby seat out of the car without clonking the car next to you especially when mum's body isn't even healed and the seats are so heavy with the baby in them. I'll never understand how selfish people can still take these spots knowing that. Um, We have an able-bodied man park in an invalid parking space using his grandmother's blue badge for the last four years. And by the way, he works and lives overseas, says Mary. Um, How does that work then if he's not even in the country? I, I do know that there are people that are using parents family members uh, passes and parking passes um, and invalid and disability badges i see parents with car seats park in those spaces with no children in them i also see parents with grown-up children parking in these spaces what is the age limit of the child for parents to park in them uh, babies it's called parent and baby spaces for a reason i suppose anyway uh, back to the phone lines we go ashley good morning Hi Neil. Okay, uh, you're in your late 20s and you have a disability parking badge, is that right? Yeah, I do. Okay, so did you break your I spine?
15: Had, I did. Okay. I was on to before I kind of I I told was my story about gonna, needing my partner. <laughs> I was just
1: going to say that because I vaguely remember something like that. What happened that resulted in you breaking in your, in your spine?
15: Um, I was rock climbing down on Myrtlesville Beach and I fell 15 feet straight onto my back um, and smashed it. So uh, I had to go to CUH um, and have surgery to try and fix it and put metal in um, because the way the bone shattered, it was ready to pierce my spinal cord and obviously then I would never have walked again. So they went in and put metal in to try stabilise it. That was supposed to be lifelong and a year and a half after that, the metal actually broke in there so it was going to cause damage so they went in then and removed that two years after the first surgery um, but they caused a lot of damage removing the metal so they couldn't do any more for me here in Cork then I had to go up to the spinal cord damage unit in the matter in Dublin oh, um, right. in the height of lockdown to have it You've rebuilt. had three so, spinal
1: reconstruction surgeries then?
15: Yeah, in five years So yeah. that um, is um, yeah.
1: That can be a treacherous and dangerous sport Rock climbing, rock climbing, or cliff climbing. Was it cliff? You weren't climbing the face. Rock
15: climbing, you know the kind of craggy rocks down there. I've been doing it since I was a kid, but my dad it was so normal just to go down and do it. You know,
1: just just the regular craggy rocks in Myrtleville.
15: Yeah, just climbing up them and, yeah, I just lost my footing and...
1: I was to yeah, do that, that all... The, they're, they're, they're not all that challenging, but so you broke your spine doing that.
15: Yeah, it was the way I smashed down on it. But I actually got up afterwards because I was with people as well and they were like, OK, maybe she's fine. But then I started repeating the same few questions. so They were like, OK, yeah, she's not fine.
1: So, Oh, my God, yeah. a broken spine, like a snapped spine. How, so, yeah. but how do you, so how do you manage now with driving?
15: Um, it's fine. I just have to manage my pain, you know, with it and stuff. But as a result, you know, my, my walking will be fairly limited, you know. Um, I can only do a certain amount and then I have to kind of stop. So um, that's why, you know, it's important to have the badge and stuff. And it was hard enough to get it, you know. There's a lot of uh, doctor's reports have to go in and get it. But, okay. And do yeah, you walk
1: with just- an aid?
15: No, I don't. I walk unaided. I'm lucky. Um, okay. But it, it would just be limited. It would be small walks I can do.
1: So, therefore, um, you would have people who see you get out of the car with your disability badge up in a disability yeah. spot, but they yeah. don't see any physical aid to help you with a disability.
15: No, so um, when the the after sorry after the second surgery my spine did collapse, so I was hunched over for a while. So it was it was nearly better then because people could see that there was something wrong. Um, And we're kind of less quick to judge. But since I had it done in Dublin, they've straightened it a lot more. And yeah, they just see this young person getting out and who looks fine to them. So yeah, I've had people chase me into shops and all like, do you know you're in a disabled space? And it's really embarrassing. So it's a a lot more than
1: dirty looks you've been followed and uh, and verbally abused.
15: Yeah, it's just unnecessary. Like you can't judge a book by its cover. I always just tell them, go back and check my window
1: yeah but what would they say, yeah, but that's somebody else's past you're using, obviously
15: no, I've actually never had that, thank God, so. yeah,
1: and would that happen often
15: be, but nearly all the time, I always get looks like nearly on a daily basis when I be in and out of the shops, but yeah, yeah, it's quite often people would kind of feel the need to say something
1: I know and and do you, do you can you blame them though i wonder they they feel as if they're legitimately looking out for people who have disabilities and are trying to get able people to cop themselves on. Do you know what I mean? I know it's not nice yeah, for but you, but I'm just wondering about their motivation.
15: Are, not all disabilities are visible. So who are you to decide if someone has a disability? or not? But I suppose they were, they're,
1: they're also labouring under the belief that it's a scam artist who's using somebody else's badge and hogging it because they're lazy. They, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just, that's the only point I'm making. I mean, I understand the the difficulties that it causes you. I mean... I'm not suggesting. The only way you'll stop this is get yourself a cane. But it's people who are. It's probably people who mean well.
15: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just very uncomfortable, especially when you're just trying to get on with your day to day life and especially like I was laid up for the best part of five years recovering from all these surgeries and now you know you're getting back to life and I you know, know I have that to try help with life so that I don't you know, have to be putting my body under pressure to walk far and it's just very very uncomfortable How far can you go Thank and what hap-
1: what happens if you walk too much?
15: About well, five or ten minutes I can kind of go for, and then then I'd have to stop, and um, my partner might have to link on to me sometimes to get me back to the car, my pain would just get too much, so.
1: Amazing, isn't it? Uh, do, yeah. do you have pain management to deal with that then as well?
15: Yeah, so I'd be on tablets every day, and um, then every couple of months I go for a regular pain injections as well, so. Um, they've kind of said what I'm left with now is what I'd be left with for life, but I'm lucky I, I always consider myself lucky, I, you, I could be paralysed. I know, and, I
6: and that's
1: the po- that's the positive way to look at this Sli- yeah. slipping on a rock in Myrtle, yeah. you've paid a high price for it.
15: Yeah, one day changed everything.
1: And how do you, how are you mentally or psychologically how do you How do you keep yourself positive?
15: It takes its toll um, I'm very lucky with the support network I have around me, Um and I managed to get back to work small but managed to get back to work and kind of midway through last year after it all so you know just trying to keep the mind ticking over and stuff but sometimes you know being in pain all the time can take its toll you know it's it's horrible waking up in pain going to sleep in pain but yeah you, you just try and I always try and think of how lucky I am and how much worse off I could be and You know, I always try and think there is people out there so
1: much worse off than and I know, and it's nice of you to say that, considering the cross that you have to bear. I understand. But again, point being... Uh, not all disabilities are visible. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah,
15: yeah. It's yeah. just uncomfortable. Okay. Just I don't okay. know, if people just kind of, you know, stuck to what they're doing, concentrate on what they're doing, like you're entitled to your opinion. I don't think you need to be approaching people about it like
1: Yeah, but uh, it's about calling out people who, who do wrong and I suppose again, without labouring the point or repeating myself, yeah. some might say that they're doing it for people with disabilities when they see people who they think are not disabled using that space, you know?
15: but then you're harassing someone who genuinely does I have know, a I know. because know, you know. feel
1: like they don't. It's yeah, it's like catch-22. I know. Okay. All right. Nice one. Take care of yourself. Nice to catch you up. Actually, me. Can I just, can I just stay with that topic of calling people out? I did see an article yesterday. This is over in Hong Kong, right? Um, the health minister in Hong Kong is urging people to um, stare at smokers in a disapproving way to help create a tobacco free city, he is saying that uh, someone who lit up in a restaurant would be very unlikely to hit back if everybody stared at them or gave them the eye or gave them a glare so it's not it 's not unconnected to people who park badly or people who park in parent and baby spaces or disability spaces. If all of us were to challenge them, it wouldn 't be long stopping those individuals. Doing what they do. So in Hong Kong, people should stare at smokers disapprovingly as part of an effort to create a tobacco free city. He said the people who lit up in areas where it's prohibited would be unlikely to do it again or hit back if everyone stared at them, according to local media reports. Cigarettes can harm the health of all of us. When members of the public see people smoking in non smoking areas, even if there's no law enforcement officer, um, we can stare at the smokers. When someone takes out a cigarette at a restaurant, everyone on the premises should stare at the person. Um, I do not believe that they would dare to hit back if everyone at the restaurant was simply staring and giving them the eye, like glare them down, you know? Give them the eye, the demonic stare. There wouldn't be long putting the fag out. I mean, it's kind of a novel approach, isn't it? Anyway, I just mentioned it, food for thought. Back to the phone lines we go. Maeve, good morning.
8: Hi Neil, how are you keeping? Okay,
1: you say thank you for bringing up this topic because it's close to your heart, is that right?
8: Yes, I have a five-year-old son with autism.
1: He's a flight risk, you describe him as a flight risk.
8: Yeah, you open the car door and he's gone.
1: Every time?
8: Yeah, straight out in front of a car, he doesn't see cars, he's just gone.
1: Okay, okay, okay. And he's what, six?
8: Five going on six. All right.
1: So you need what, um, to, 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 to park close I to entrances? I need
8: to park as close to the shopping centre, It's close to wherever I'm going as possible. And then people see you in parent and toddler parking, and they're like, but that child is getting out, he can walk. Why does she need the parking space?
1: Well, do they say that to you?
8: Yeah, people have commented, oh, would you not leave that for smaller babies or new moms or things like that.
1: And when you say he's a flight risk and he lives with autism, what do they say?
8: Oh, I didn't know. Or I have mentioned to a woman that when or if he has a meltdown in the shopping centre and I have to carry him across my body while getting slapped and kicked, I can't park at the end of the car park because he is five, six. He's a big lad, like he's heavy, and I have to carry him because he won't walk. And then, like I can't park at the end of the car park because I can't walk that far with him across my body while getting slapped and kicked.
1: And you always have to carry him.
8: No, but if he does have a meltdown for whatever reason, the pills could be beeping, there could be an announcement in the store, anything could set him off. And then if he has the meltdown and it's bad and I can't get it in time, I will have to physically carry him out of the store.
1: As in, leave the shopping and go?
8: Yeah, drop everything, carry him out and try not to get slapped and punched on the way out.
1: And would that be regular, those meltdowns? Yes. And you have no and other option but to bring him into um, an environment like that, do you?
8: Well, the last time now, I was actually trying to buy him a pair of shoes. I see. And I simply asked them in the store, is there any chance you could turn down the radio? We forgot our ear defenders. And they just stared at me and I was like, fine, we're leaving. You mean, and you
1: mean they they didn't do it?
8: No. Oh, they looked at me like that I was a millennial and I was just like a spoiled brat who didn't like the radio on.
1: But you explained to them the reason why you'd like the music to be turned down.
8: Yes, and they could clearly see that the child was getting upset because we didn't have the exact pair of shoes he wanted.
1: My God, they lost a sale because of their attitude.
8: And I've never, I won't mention the store because that's not fair, but I have never gone back into that sports store again.
1: You know, it would be a small thing to do just to turn it down for a little while so you could buy a pair of shoes and leave the shop happy and then turn it back up again.
8: And the same day, I was in Bandon, and I hope the woman is listening. I was in Bandon Shopping Centre, and I carried Riena out across my body. And he made contact with his fist in my cheek. And I said, sort "A of bawling, crying, because it clearly hurt. And this woman, I got to the side door, and she goes, where's your car? I said, around the back. And she goes, are you OK? Can I help you? Went into uh, Super Value, picked up a can of Red Bull and came out. Wouldn't take money off me, and I asked her if she a parent of ASD, and she said, "No, you just look like a parent in trouble who needed someone."
1: And needed a blast of Red Bull.
8: Yes, just some some fizzy drink, just to you know, just a moment. And I never got to see the woman again or thank her. So I hope she's listening. There is,
1: there is, there is kindness out there. Don't get me wrong, yes. there is, and we there here, is kindness,
8: there. even though when I park in parent and toddler parking and I get the looks and the comments. And on the other side, there's lovely people like that who are willing to help you. You feel as if you're always explaining or
1: have the need to explain. I know, I know.
8: I I, I shouldn't have to explain why I choose to park here. or I shouldn't have to explain why if there's no parent parking, I would park in two parking spaces. So when my son, Rhian, opens the door, two feet out of the door and kicks a wide open, I'm not going to damage someone else's car. I'm not parking in the middle of two parking spaces because I feel like it.
1: I know, yeah, you make perfect sense when you put it like that. There can be a reason people do things and now we're understanding more. But as Rian gets bigger um, and you talk about lashing out, when he gets bigger and stronger, aren't aren't you going to be more at risk?
8: Yes and no. Because he's in Kilbrittany in early intervention at the moment, he has come on so much. But autism will never disappear. It's always going to be with him. It's just learning how to control it and learning that OK, this is going to have a meltdown, so let's leave now or let's stop it before it goes into a full-on meltdown.
1: I know. I know, but where it's it actually physically... Freedom. I'm talking about where it physically hurts you. You say you were you were hit full-on yes. into the face and started crying. It's, it's sad yeah, I got when, a black
8: eye that day yeah. because all this woman had to do in the sports shop was just turn down the radio for the 10 minutes we were inside there.
1: That's sad. It really is sad to hear that. You know, I hope he. I hope he does for your sake, and indeed, more importantly, for his own sake, that he does improve with the intervention you're getting right now.
8: But it's not his fault.
1: No, no, it's not. Absolutely not. But I he, mean,
8: he just didn't have the words to say, "Mom, uh, this is too much of a sensory overload for me." No, I no. Need to we we,
1: we, start. Under, we understand why there are meltdowns. We do, and people should appreciate that that it happens and as a consequence of the, be the so condition.
8: People shouldn't so quick to judge why a person is parking, parent, and toddler parking. <laughs> This could okay. be a reason. Okay. Or there was another, I was down in Aldi and this man in a Citroen Berlingo, it's obviously a two-seater van, pulled in, parked in baby and toddler parking and got out. And I literally went over and I was like, just because you're a larger man, you might find it difficult to walk. I said, my child has a flight risk. Can I have this parking space? The man looked at me and walked away and I was like, I understand, you know, your, your mobility is reduced, but I have someone who could get knocked down in a heartbeat.
1: I'd say he was. I'd say he was mortified and just wanted to get away from you as fast as possible.
8: But I, you have to call these people. No, out. you
1: should have. And what he should have done was said nothing, be mortified, and move the car.
8: Yes. Well, it was a van, actually, a two. Move the van.
1: Yeah, just do it because a parent asked him to do it and gave a good reason why he should do it.
8: And I asked politely. I wasn't aggressive or nasty. I just explained my case. That look, I have a flight risk child. I also have a one and a half year old. So it's difficult for me to practice. Off you went, of completely
1: ignored you, didn't want to engage or help. I know, it's shocking.
8: And Neil, can I give an amazing shout-out to Karen Crowley, who runs the support group in Bandon? Yeah. I just want to say that woman doesn't get the recognition she deserves and supports people like me and everyone. She has an amazing Facebook group.
1: Well said. It's important to acknowledge the good work that people do going above and beyond. And this woman doesn't get paid
8: for it, it's completely
1: voluntary. All right. Thank you for that. Well done to Karen Crowley and to you, Maeve, for taking the call. Look after yourself.
8: Thank you, Neil. We'll
1: pick it up in the morning, lads. Way out of time. We're running over. uh, Last bit of business for now. We are continuing to give away summer passes right across the summer of this year to all sorts of fabulous Cork city, suburban, and county destinations. Kinsale Museum. Um, Lagoon Activity Centre, Michael Collins House, all of the OPW sites all over the county. If a site is owned by the OPW or run by the OPW, it could be a former ancestral home with huge gardens in it. Uh, we have passes that work in any of those. Perks of Yaw, Gibberine Heritage Centre, the Farm and Grenade, Titanic Experience, the Toy Soldier Factory uh, down uh, McCroom Way, UCC Tours, the West Cork Model Railway Village, all to come. But for this morning, it's the Cork Harbour Boat Hire's self-drive boat tours. They're all one hour each. You're driving your own little boats. It'll take up to five people. You can book directly yourself at com. We have five passes to give away. Callers 9, 10, 11, 12... 13. Pick up the phone right now, 0818 104 106, and off you go. Ahoy, matey on the high seas. Well, Cork Harbor. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.
0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.